Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. So we're in our third Teamless Tuesday, everyone. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown, who is our expert physio. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Stu. How are you, mate? Good, good, good. Feel, feeling better for a Tuesday. And in much bolder running, I've got Nick, our fantasy nugget. so thanks for joining us nick how you going man yeah good guys yeah yeah long long weekend but um yeah glad glad it's uh teamless tuesday that's it well i'm not so glad it's teamless tuesday it's been awful but we'll get into that in a minute uh guys just before we begin like uh we're up on facebook slash instagram at boom or bust nrl so you can find us there follow our stuff we got stuff all the time uh before we kick off into the news this week let's go through the leagues so i'll kick off Stu's chaos mode you know we play every round we play by special teams uh good work kiwi cookie daniel c again Top of the board, 1,770 points overall, two wins. Oof. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big cool. number. I know. It, my one's supposed to be cast mode, not friggin' hard mode. But anyway, Is that thanks, top Dan. 100 or? Mate, oh, it'd, be, it'd be close. Have a look. Keep going. Yeah, 100%. Well, Mitch is having a look. So, Nick, how's your newbie league going? Uh, Tongan Thunder 07, John M. You are winning on 739 overall. The nice score of 829 in round two, but he's coming 540th overall, which is yeah, really awesome for a newbie league to be um, 540 overall. Really proud of you, John. That's uh, it. And the, Tong- the Tongan Thunders. That's uh, it. It has him uh, hundredth in the. It's it's nearly in the top hundred. Nearly. Oh, wow. Geez. Okay. Well done, Dan. Off to a strong start. And Mitch in your league. Who's uh, yes? Yeah, so we've got uh, Millard's Magicians by John T M. Who's been hitting us up for a lot of questions, but I feel like we should be hitting up for the hitting him up for the questions because that that team is is rocking. I really like it. I, I wouldn't mind the old swapsy right now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I was responding to one of his instas this afternoon, and I was I was looking at it's just like he's like, can you take a look at my team? And like, yeah, it's a pretty fucking good team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway uh look uh let's go with the overalls so the uh our overall league boom bust nrl finchies under 14s rob l uh is winning there well done mace and the big score this week uh kilsh Bamiami, danny k 909 so that's that is a super score there. Yeah, well, the top score this week was only like 9.30 or something. So, yeah. 9.23, I think. Oh, gross. Yeah, so, mate, awesome score there, Danny. Uh, so, look, uh, also to shout out, so for everyone that's in the league and also who's taken time to respond to our socials, hit up the DMs. Look, we've gone to 695 likes, 837 followers. Thank you, everyone. It's not an ego trip for us. It just means we're reaching more people. And it means that I have to share less times on Facebook the more people who join up. So thank you. Uh, and yeah, just let us know if you're enjoying the content or if you have any great ideas for us to do. Uh, now, Nick, we have some questions this week. Start us off. Uh, so, yeah, Andy Flew is a good mate of the pod, uh, one of our biggest fans. Uh, he's asked, guys, Clifford for Dali M. Uh, I had a look at the points. Clifford's top in the league with six points. So he's got the first three in both games and he's been excellent. And Isaiah Yeo's also on six. So why not Clifford for Dalian Mitch? 
oh, you can't have a face like that winning the Dally M. So that'd be why not. But I just think, uh, you know, the Tigers, he's too ugly. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, mate. Um, (laughs) But, you know, he played the Tigers. That's a write-off game uh, and ambushed a Roosters team that wasn't quite gelled. I want to see some prepared opposition before I make any claims there. But I will say this, and Stu said it last week, Man, has Andrew Johns had an influence on his game. He looks the goods. Yeah, really Jim? does. Yeah, 100%. Look, I'm, I'm not sure who win the Dally M, but he'll, he's certainly playing very well. Yeah, you see that whole team has really opened up their attack. Um, they've It doesn't look to be like too many complex plays. It's get over the advantage line, and they start playing ball as soon as they're running at flat lines. And that's when you need mm. to be playing passing the ball right and standing deep is once the opposition isn't rushing up at you yeah they play with a lot of speed and urgency which is great to see from the Knights the surprise packet I think the top of the table as well now also from Andy Flew uh, Tobo Tom the bust of all busts he reckons and I can't disagree with that uh, prediction for, for the remainder of the season uh, for Turbo so um, in 2018, he averaged 53, and which isn't 80-ish, which he scored last year. Uh, in our preseason, I was thinking around 70-ish, but I think that may even be a bit bullish, Stu. Um, would you? What do you think? Turbo, what do you think is going to happen with Turbo for the rest of the year? Oh, look, I th- we'll see this week because uh, the first two weeks they come up against stiff opposition, right? Like you, you come up against uh, Panthers week one, and they just got trounced, right? And last week they had the Roosters, and the Roosters were prepared for them. So this week, I guess they're coming up against, uh, and next few weeks, some lesser teams. If he's able to score hundreds, like if he's able to crack a few centuries, he still, average still could be in the 70s somewhere, right? Or 60s. But look, it looks like his base just isn't that high, which is pretty sad. Um, so, look, mid-50s is where I reckon it ends up, Mitch. Uh, yeah, the big thing for me is <clears throat> is exactly as you said, Stu, that he's come up against stiff opposition, which can actually handle him. And we sort of made uh, allusions to this last week that Melbourne laid the platform. And since that Melbourne game last year in the finals, he's come up against teams that can actually shut him down. As you said, I want to see what happens when he goes up against the Bulldogs. If they aren't able to shut him down, then basically we refer to Nick's strength of schedule, wait till his price bottoms out and get on him. Uh, It's just hard to say at the moment. At this point, I would say he'll probably end up averaging 2018, so sort of those mid-50s. But if he's able to kick it off uh, against... Canterbury and Leicester oppositions maybe maybe you can sneak sneak into those mid sixties, but I'd just be letting the value crash down if you don't have him and and wait wait for the right moment because he is yes. quality, right? Yeah, they got Bulldogs this week, Raiders home next week, Knights the week after, Titans, Sharks, Rabbitohs, Tigers. So uh, some pretty tough teams, I think, based upon the early uh, scores so far. So maybe nothing from Turbo leading into Origin and. We get to pick him up cheap for post-origin, potentially. Now, uh, Andy's last question, he sent in three. He's a bit of a uh, Jeez, questionnaire mate. kind of guy. Maybe next week for you. <laughs> Is a Q, a Q-U-E-U-E the word? Just the letter Q with four silent letters afterwards. I'm leaving this with you, mate. Well, the dictionary says no, mate. So, sorry. I, I know that there's like a whole thing, right? Coming after here, but yeah, no. <laughs> it's a word. Sorry, bro. <laughs> All right. What else have we got? On to Max Shackley. What to do with Man, Nanai, Billy Smith, and Bullymore? 
Uh, I've got to hold on man and nanite and potentially a sell on Billy Smith or Bluemore if you can bring in a cashy. Uh, Stu, have you got any thoughts? Uh, look, the answer is that if you're riding the Billy Smith pain train, you know, if you've got an excellent exit strategy, then run it. Otherwise, just, just park him. Like, a lot of people have parked him. Uh, Bullimore starting this week. We'll come to that. So, I, I've got a hold on Bullimore for at least one more week. I believe he's got a break even of, I want to say, 20, which he should make, right? You're not you're not losing money. Uh, man, I, there are bigger issues than man this week. And Nanai, uh, I think, yeah, he's a hold for me too. I will come to Nanai. Bitch. Uh, I would say hold man. Let's see one more week. One more week. He looked quality uh, in his first week, and I think I've got later on. I think I talk a bit more about him, so we'll come to that a bit later. But I think at least one week it's a hold for man. Nanai, he looks high quality. I'd stick with him. Billy Smith. I am currently on the Billy Smith train. There is no way off the Billy Smith train. The only way to get off is a new cashier to come on the scene or for Billy Smith to pick up his game and trade him out. So you have to sweat on that for a little bit longer. And then my thoughts are similar to Stu for Bullimore. Uh, Reed Marnie from the Bidness 2173. Are we, can we, uh, those who hold him, ride him out, Mitch? What do you think? I think sooner or later, Reed Marnie is going to come good. It just looks to me like there's a bit of a hangover from that shoulder surgery. We spoke about it earlier in, in the podcast that he, he may not be as keen to rack up as many tackles um, as he had previously, and that certainly is the case. If you have him at this point, I think he's a, he's a hold because sooner or later he's going to come good. And how much cash would you have lost on him at uh, this point? You've lost 21K a week so far. So uh, 21K first week, 21K second week. What's his break-even, Stu? His you know? break-even is in the 70s. Uh, he scored 36 first week, 51 the second week, which leads to the prognosis yeah. a bit like him coming good. I, I just think he's got to play himself in, guys. Like the J, as I said, it's a very successful surgery, but it's a big surgery. Uh, um, seven's the break-even. Yeah, look, you might lose value on him one more week, but don't sell him because I, I do believe he's got big scores in him. Like you're in for the long run now. You don't you don't sell good stock. I mean, Stu said it multiple times, don't sell keepers. And I think that's a great mantra. So that's Stu, my thought there. are you writing with that as well? Uh, yeah, look, definitely don't sell keepers who aren't benched, which we'll get to. So jeez, oh, um, <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. But look, on uh, to, um, read money. You lock in your losses when you sell him right and you've actually taken a couple of weeks uh the other thing is is that the eels have had sort of 55 ish percent of the ball so far this season and so that means less tackles for reed and um i reckon as he gets fitter as the team gets more uh cohesive like as they play a few more games uh reed will play better any once once it evens up to 50 percent, he'll make an extra five tackles a game and look 51 is not a bad score for a hooker right yeah he's been averaging 30 tackles guys which is usually up around 50 ish especially when he ran out of the gates uh, early last season Um, so there could be even be another 20 points in his score Stu oh if there's 20 points then you'd be laughing right because he'll be the best friggin hooker in the game Um, I think that's why people brought him in to begin with well, so, um, on to Marcos, MCC. A couple of questions here. Uh, Lomax and Coates, uh, keep or drop? Stu, uh, do you own either Lomax or Coates? I don't own either Lomax or Coates. So look, Mitch, I- do you own either? I own Coates. I own Lomax. Okay, Stu, what do you got? 
Uh, look, there's there's a reason why I don't own both for different reasons. Coates is one of those guys who is just a concern where he just sometimes drops out of game. So, um, like, you've got some more stats here. I'll leave you with those. But basically, he can get attacking stats and still not rack up base stats, which is what wingers need to do to be even good cashies. They need to be racking up tackles or lots of run meters and, like, taking the big carries time after time. Like, Brian Toto is obviously the extreme example, but there are other guys, right? Daniel Tupu, who can sustain a 400, 400, 500K price tag. Uh, Michele Ravalara would be another great option uh, who can do that sort of thing. Lomax, I think the issue is is that that team needs a little bit of time to gel and he is such an attacking stat player. Like he just, he can get 30 points in a play if he plays it right. So if some weeks you'll go great and other weeks you won't, that's it for me. How about you, Nick? Lomax. I'll speak to I'll speak to Lomax as a holder. So he he scored thirty this week, um, but he has six errors and one sin bin. So in total, that cost him seventeen points, as well as missing out on stats while he was off the park, which was just ridiculous. But we'll get to that later. Um, so I've got him averaging sort of high forties. That's why I bought him. So he's definitely a hold. Do not sell him. Uh, Mitch, what are your thoughts on Coates? I just, look, I agree with Stu regarding the base stats, but at the price I got him and the fact that I do think there's cash to be had, I feel like at some point Melbourne might go on a bit of a hot streak and I'll just ride the tries that hopefully Coates can score and then at that point I'll get out of get out of dodge because of whatever he does, if he does have a hot streak, won't be sustainable. But effectively, I'm sort of rolling the dice at the casino there and I, I like the, the cheap winger fullback coverage I have there. So I think he's a hold personally. Um we just like to see him run the ball more. Excellent. Uh, on to Mark's second question. You're starting a new club with all players available. You can choose one forward and one back. Who do you go? Mitch, one forward, uh, one back. Payne Haas would be my forward. Uh, and my back would be... That is tricky. Let me have a look. I'll, I'll let you go. I'm going to have a quick look. Uh, f- for me, uh, personally, I'd... I, Payne Haas is pretty good, but I would pick Isaiah Yo uh, as a guy <laughs> for leadership for a forward. Oh, yeah. And for the back, I'd pick Nathan Cleary. Oh, that's actually... Yeah, I'd, I'd go Nathan Cleary as well. There you go. I, I, just, I was thinking of full-back centre. I'm going, oh, no, who do I like? On, yeah. on the back line, you can have your pick there. Like, There's yep. a few different guys to be competing, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Uh, assuming, like, if you took Harbs out of the equation, I'd pick Clint Gutherson. Because in new team, you want a guy who's got Whoa. no friggin' slack. Whoa. And Gutho has no friggin' slack. It's a cultural thing. And he's still a good fullback. I've gone um I've gone Cameron Murray's my forward and Cleary is my back. Shout out Mark, who is a huge Cameron Murray fan, I know that. So on to Lom's one. He uh, gave us a late question. Sell the Bellin guys. Should we get stuck into that later potentially? Uh yep. Yeah, but uh, I'll give you my three-second answer. Yes. Well, it's really a tenth, one th- tenth of a second answer. Yes. Yes, but, sell. But apart from that, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the Dragons team list. Excellent. Okay, Shannon, trade Yutu Ikamanu. Do we want to get onto that later too? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sell. But yes. Yeah, sell. <laughs> uh, no, okay. sell. <laughs> get, 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 get out. It's Madge. He's fucking with the team. Stu, do you want to get we, we warned to the everyone news? about that at the start of the year, by the way. Don't fuck with the Tigers. <laughs> and you know what? 
currently I look at my team. Guess how many tigers I have? One. <laughs> Just one. That's too many. That's it's too one many. too many. But two Ilagi you have two, to have. Two, so. two Ilagi straight from Melbourne. He's going straight to Manly. So I'm not even sure he's a tiger. He's, he's not even a tiger's player. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right, let's get to... Stu, get on with the news, mate. Let's okay. get on with the news. Okay, so news. Uh, a couple of big ones today. Harry Grant is out this week with COVID. He made the team list and then immediately got COVID. So good luck to everyone who <laughs> traded him last week. You know, fortunately, I held him since round one, so I'm going to eat two lost scores. Great. Um, but look, it's a week, guys. He sh- he's pretty fit. And depending on how he goes, should be back next week. Uh you were hoping that you'd get full freight out of him this week playing 80 because he had a stellar game last week. But, you know, it's COVID, guys. It's happening this year. It's probably going to happen to almost every single player. Um, so next one, Isako is off to the Dolphins. So um, Jermaine Isako. Sorry, so, sorry. Yes. Sorry, Nick. You, you gave me a bump steer with your notes there, mate. He's off, to, well, he's off to the Dolphins in 2023, so that's technically not a lie. But yes, he's off to the Titans. And he's, no, Nick, it's not off to the Titans by way of the Dolphins. He's off to the Dolphins by way of the Titans. Anyway, he's off to the Titans this year. He's in their 24 for their starting squad. Uh, likely fullback cover. Uh, also goal kicking cover, because I'm not sure too many people can goal kick in that team. Uh, look, we got Barry Hall versus Sonny Bill Williams fight this week. You know, hopefully the earth opens up and they both fall in. Tipping boys. Yeah, I think uh, Sonny Bill's a favourite about a dollar sixty or seventy with Barry yeah. Hall outside around two twenty, I think two thirty. Barry Hall's got the boxing background though. He, he's he's got a proper proper junior boxing background, so. The only difference is, is that he's a few years older than Sonny Bill, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm going Sonny Bill, bigger boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not Bitch. sure. Oh, got to go Sonny Bill. I've actually, he actually lives sort of down the road from mum and dad and one of my clients is next door to him and uh, they've got ringside seats to it. So, so they wow. having I was hoping they'd offer, they got like 10 tickets from him. I was hoping that I might get offered one, but it didn't come to fruition. But Sonny Bill all day, he, he is a beast of a man. Um, man, he's just—he's a serious athlete, and he's got the years on Barry Hall, doesn't he? Barry Hall's got to be nearly fifty. Oh yeah, it's mid forties for sure. There, but yeah, I—I I think Barry might be able to take it to points. If he takes it to points, it'll be a forty-five. Yeah, it's not too bad for boxing, to be fair. Like, no, it's not. But like. Sunny Bill is thirty-six. Yeah, I go on Sunny Bill all day. Easy. He's look- one of the best athletes of our time. Easy. And uh, look, the last one is Nathan Cleary. He's apparently been offered a $1.1 million deal for 2027. And his dad's also been offered an extension as well. $1.1 million for Nathan Cleary. Uh, from what the papers were saying today, they're saying, tell him he's dreaming because he's worth more than that. So I think it's one of those one. Really? He reckons he's worth more. Well, no, no, no. I think, I think the papers were saying they reckon he's worth more. So mm-hmm. to, to be honest with you, is there anyone? Is there anyone in the game who's worth more? Okay. Well, let me put it. To, well, the answer is no. There's not. But if Nathan Cleary would like to succeed, he should go have a look at the American football. Look at Tom Brady. Look at how he's taken a pay cut to have good players around him, and he should then enjoy the you know four to five premierships he wins over the next ten years. You go on a salary higher than one point one, you start to lose players like Yo. You start to lose players like Luai, uh, Edwards, Fisher, Harris. 1.1, if he's got any brains, he won't take it because he'll cash in on higher offers from uh, different media and sponsorship deals when he's winning a premiership every second year. 
hope you're listening, Nathan, because that's my advice. Don't take 1.1. Take the pay cut. Make it in sponsorships. That's true. He's, he's probably he's probably one of the few players who, who would get some real money out of that. Um, oh, super marketable. 100%. Mm. Exactly. Look at, look at how good he did on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was the worst part about it. You suspended two weeks to dance that badly. Oh my goodness. Anyway, moving on. Mitch, uh, physio. Trust me, I'm a physio with Mitch. Yep. So, uh, got a number of injuries again this week and unfortunately some season enders. So, let's start off with Josh Hodgson. We had that weird sort of discussion last week uh, regarding the cartilage damage to his knee. Uh, and it sort of seemed a bit suspicious that he had a two-week injury, but we, we sort of let it go. It turns out it was his ACL. He's out for the season. Implications, cell so uh, time. Uh, uh, got app- him. Apparently, Mitch, what happens is that he got back on, but they found some instability in the knee, and they've gone back in for a reconstruction after that cartilage damage. They, they Yeah, what it means is he, he must have had a partial tear or... Or they missed it. Sorry, they, they probably missed it. They, they likely, I, I think they up. said partial tear. Yeah, at, at or is least it just to cover their ass. <laughs> Mate, no comment. Next one, uh, Mitchell Dunn. We've got another ACL season-ending um, implications. Sell time again. Uh, Brian Toto, MCL. Now I've heard whispers that it was listed as a grade three. I think you might have said that, Stu. I couldn't find the grading anywhere, but it's a got this. Yeah, it's got to listen to six to eight weeks. Now, if we can confirm that is grade three, seeing a number of those, six to eight weeks will be tight. That That is a nasty injury. Uh, I, I believe he can do it. I do think he'll be back there at the six to eight week mark, uh, but it will hamper him probably for the rest of the season. His stepping won't be quite as good. He will not be using that leg. Um, most of the time, it sort of will linger for sort of 12 weeks to six months. Uh, almost never a surgical intervention but it will take quite a bit of time for him to be right. Andrew McCulloch, uh, the BMO bus crew was at the game here. It looked live that he'd dislocated his shoulder, particularly the way the trainer was trying to uh, help him out there with a bit of traction, but apparently it was his elbow, so I'm not sure what he was doing there, to be honest. Um, that's three to four weeks. As far as NRL goes, it's the better of the two, shoulder versus um, the elbow. So I would anticipate he'll be back within that time frame, and we shouldn't see ridiculous drops in performance based on the elbow. Uh, Kelma Tulagi, he's an HIA. Uh, it looks to be about a week or so. He doesn't have much of a prior history, but he is in doubt and currently not listed due to the short turnaround. Uh, Nick Kotrick, he's a quad strain. Uh, I didn't have a chance to look at Teamless Tuesday, but if he's not back this week, he'll definitely be back the week after and shouldn't have too much restriction. Uh, Ronaldo Molotalo, his concussion, that'll be about a week, though he, he could make this week uh, uh, he's if he's in Teamless Tuesday. The way, there you go. Yeah, he should, it, again, he doesn't have the prior history. A lot of them are sort of coming back within a week if it's not a really bad hit like, I don't know, Sean O'Sullivan's neck burner that, that caused a uh, sin binning to poor Jaden Sewer. And then the last one we've got is Ryan Madison. Looks like a grade one hamstring based on the current uh, time frame, which is two weeks. Um, I always tell people, if you're looking at getting Ryan Madison, which I can't understand why you would, but if you were, always wait a week or two after a hamstring tear. I've had one. They're tricky to recover from uh, and typically see a drop in performance. So that is the injury wrap-up. Nice. Thank you. And uh, Ronaldo Militello, he, he didn't make it back this week, so it looks like uh, Fitzy is giving him the extra week. Okay, um, well, there you go. Yep. You'll see him down at Grinders, uh, down at Cronulla. 
Uh, all good. So next one, where are we at? Uh, where we all went wrong. So guys, looking back, before we look into this week's games and whatever else, what did we get wrong from last week? Uh, Nick, let's start with you, mate. What What's your thing that you think the biggest one you got wrong? I would like to apologize to my friends that are not supporters, uh, particularly um, Lucy, Andy, Jess and Liv, who are all night supporters. I thought you'd be poo, but you're actually really good. So also Sam, I think is a night supporter as well. I'm sorry to all of you who who are all night supporters because I thought you'd be terrible, but you're actually pretty good. So that's what I got wrong. Mitch. I got more than one, but I think I need to have a few. Mo firmer is the obvious one. That's a bit of a whoops moment. It's exactly why we don't get angry and panic trade week one. Um, you know, not much else needs to be said there. I think Stu put some stuff on social media. If you want to have a laugh at my expense, by all means, we've uh, sort of announced our, our Insta Insta link. Matt Burton was a nearly for me, and you guys talked me off the ledge there. So first round of beers at the next game is on me. And then the other one was Cam Murray uh, that sort of came to that top-level performance a week or two earlier than I predicted. But honestly, if you look at the South's team, if he didn't step up, I have absolutely no idea who was going to step up. So I think it's more necessitation than um, uh, what he probably would have liked. I think he would have liked to ease in one or two more weeks, as we're seeing with Reed Marnie. And making up a new word there as well, necessitation. Yeah, it's a good one. It's better than necessity. <laughs> All good. And look, for me, I've got to apologize to the Sharks fans who I had also down with the Knights. Uh, look, they're better They're better than they are on paper, if, if that makes sense. Like, you're definitely performing above where I thought. And Caelan Ponga wasn't there last week as well. Like, they've got room to get better, right? Oh, the Knights do for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, and the, sh- the Sharks, they certainly, they look like there are... There's, you know, if they're not on the top at eight, they'll be disappointed this year. Mm. Uh, and the big other one, big for me was, uh, yeah, sorry about those Raiders. Uh, they did not look very good at all. I was quite high on them. I had them sort of near the top four. But, uh, yeah, too uh, many Did fours. you have them in the top four, Stu? No, I didn't. I was going to leave that one to you, mm. Mitch. But, you know, you'll be paying for that all season, mate. Yeah, uh, more like oh, yeah, yeah, soy yeah. milk. To, to, take, to take Ed's phrase, it's, they're not the milk, they're the soy milk now. <laughs> well, it's too many forwards, but you never know. Like uh, it's Schneider's too much back. soy. <laughs> Schneider's oh, back this week, so we'll see how they go. Because last week they were really running, you know, really... Uh, they're low on the depth chart, aren't they? Yeah. They really are, and they were... They were really short before they started the season and they're worse off. So, guys, uh, let's move on. Uh, Games coming up this week. So, we're uh, going into week three. I've actually listened to week two, but we're actually going into week three. Uh, So, first game of the week, Thursday night, Dragons versus Sharks. Sharks are the favourites here uh, with the bookies. So... Last week, the Dragons lost 16-20 to against the Panthers and the Sharks scraped home final minute field goal. Uh, uh, sorry, final, final minute uh, conversion, sorry. Uh, 18 to beat the Eels, 16. So, uh, teamless. Uh, Mitch, do you want to take us away through the Dragons team? Yep, so the Dragons team this week, we've got uh, at fullback Tyrell Sloan. Wings, you've got... Cody Ramsey and Michaela Ravalawa. In the center, we've got Moses Suli and Zach Lomax. 
In the halves, Talatal Moon and Benny Hunt. The forward pack, we've got Francis Molo, Blake Laurie as your props, and then Moses Mbai gets the start at hooker. Uh, I'm sure Emma will be very excited about that. Uh, <laughs> you know, most of Cogra heard her cheering for Moses while we were there on Friday. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, Jack Bird and Jaden Sewer as your second row with Tarek Sims at lock. And then we've got Jack DeBellin, Josh Kerr, Jackson Ford, and Jack Gojeski starting as our interchanges. Awesome. Okay, so obviously quite a few changes there. Uh, and Nick, Sharks teammate, what are we looking at? Uh, it's pretty similar last week, I think, uh, the, the team that won. Uh, we've got Talakai back, I believe, in the in the back row. So I'll go 1 to, to 13 as, and 1 to 17 as well. Uh, Will Kennedy at fullback, Sione Katoa and Matty Cavallo on the wings. So that's Ronaldo Mulatalo out. Jesse Ramey and Connor Tracy in the centres. Um, Matt Moylan, Nico Hines at halfback. Obviously, hero Nico Hines. Uh, Toby Rudolph and Braden Hamuelli in the props. Break Braley in hooker. Brighton Yakora and Talakai, as I mentioned before, in the edges. And Dale Finucane is uh, locking down the scrum base as well. So Karen McInnes is on the bench still. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. They might make a switch beforehand. I'm not too sure. Aiden Tolman as well. Braden Trindle. Uh, is on the bench and Andrew Fafita is the uh, gets the final bench spot. So Braden Trindle's an interesting one. Um, I don't think we've seen him yet this year yet, have we, Stu? No, we haven't. Though I believe that the plan was is because Luke Metcalf is off to um, the Warriors from next year. So I think they've got Braden Trindle there as the bench utility this year. That was the plan before he got suspended for two weeks. So yeah. first week back from suspension. Uh, so, uh, look, I'll, I'll kick us off for this one. So, uh, I guess looking at the Sharks uh, this week, look, Nico Hines, you know, was one of the top scorers last week. Uh, I guess if you guys aren't on the boat, sort of one of the last weeks to get on the boat for Nico because his price rises will go quite high with that 84. So, we, and we know, guys, we know that he can score points from last year, whether, whether he's playing at fullback or in the halves. He can crack a 80, 90, 100. So, and he's been the most consistent wing fullback option over the first two weeks. So, guys, Nico Hines, I know that a couple of you may have been waiting. Try and find some money, get him in. Uh, looking again at the Sharks, uh, Andrew Fafita. Uh, I know a lot of people have him, about 25% of people have him, but I reckon there's real worries there. He's not going to get, he's not getting more than 25 minutes a game. And now that you've got uh, uh, Cam McInnes in there, I, I don't know how he's getting more time, barring injury. Moving back to Cam McInnes, first game he came back, played a few minutes, scored 18. Now he was based at 780K and he's got a break even of 91. So he's going to lose money quickly especially coming off the bench this week. Uh, so Mitch, because he, he uh, got the ACL last year and is coming up yep. with the other knee injury, how long yep. do you think it'll take for Cam McInnes to come good? I just would suspect, I would say two things. The first thing I would say is I don't think they want to muck with what has looked like a winning formula. I know they didn't win the first game against the Sharks, but they looked really solid up front. So that's probably they're still working out things within the lineup. The second thing is I think they're just trying to ease him in in the presence of a very good lineup. I would say to you he probably could play the 80 minutes right now if he absolutely had to, but they're kind of easing him, which is a smart play, particularly post-ACL. 
My feeling is three to four weeks before he's playing Cam McInnes style because they can afford it. Only because they can afford it. I reckon he could do it now, but they could afford to uh, wait that three to four weeks. You've got Dale Finucane at 13, man. Um, they've, they've got a bit of rope to play with. That, that's what I would say. I think he could do it now. Nice. Well, look, I guess that means put a star in the back of your brain on Cam McInnes because, you know, he'll come from 780. He could drop, you know, into the six, even into the fives potentially for four weeks off the bench. So, and by the time that he evens out, you could be getting like a real late season keeper or mid season keeper for nothing. Uh, Look, I'll flip over just before... I go to this one. I'll, I'll just do Tarek Sims and Jack DeBellin, right, before I pass it over. Um, so, look, Tarek Sims is named at 13, which puts Jack DeBellin to 14, right? And we saw last week they played a little bit of um, swapsies for that role. And, you know, Tarek went to an edge for a little while, like just a bit of a roving role for a couple of them. That worries me a lot for this team is that as far as, like, for the team, I reckon it's great because you've got two rep quality forwards in your side but as far as fantasy goes you can't trust either of them any of you guys got any any other thoughts on that on that Tarek Sims Jack DeBellin you get the nail on the head mate it's great for St George not good for fantasy yeah 100% okay uh Nick mate what have you got couple of thoughts I've already um banged on about Lomax I think he's a hold slash a buy um he got unjustly sin-binned. And the other one, guys, Michaela Ravalau, he was extremely impressive when we saw him. Um, he copped many high balls and he didn't drop any of them. Extremely strong ball carrier. I don't even think he scored uh, a try last week. So he scored a hat-trick the week before. Um, so, he is one of the better finishers though, isn't he, Nick? Yeah, he, well, you can just bust, you know, two guys on the way to scoring the try as well. So... Um, you know, they, they're worth more than eight points when Ravalar scores, it feels like. So I'd definitely uh, hold Ravalar. I wouldn't bring him in. But if you've uh, one of those guys who's picked him up or maybe even draft if you want to target him, uh, definitely one to, to look at. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Mitch, thoughts? Yeah, just got a few here. So we'll start off with Benny Hunt, who I've been pretty high on the first couple of weeks. He sort of played the game we all thought he could. I thought he passed the eye test on the field. Uh, had his hand in everything. So he had some offloads. He had some tackle busts. He had a chunk of kick meters. No major attacking stats. So no try assists or tries in that 85. So there's potentially some wiggle room there. I know he took the line on a couple of times. One, one and looked, try assist, Mitch. Did he? Hang on. One, uh, must, must have missed that uh, when I was looking at the stats. So he had one try assist, but he threatened to score a try a number of times himself. And he doesn't mind a meat pie. And the other thing with Ben Hunt is he continues to take a large chunk of the general play duties, and I can't see that changing with Taylor Tower-Moon and the play style he's coming with. So Ben Hunt, it's not too late. He's a really interesting POD, uh, and I think he's just going to continue to chunk out scores of between 60 and 80 most weeks, and possibly not a bad way to transition into Nathan Cleary. That's sort of what I'm looking to do anyway. Jack Bird, he continues to be solid. He had 28 tackles, three tackle breaks, and two impressive turnovers. They were some really good um, hits to get that ball dislodged, although I uh, believe that Liam Martin got, got his back uh, on a similar hit on Jack. Still no major attacking stats in this game, so he was able to crack out a reasonably good score without a try or a try assist, uh, and continues to look like a solid sort of uh, mid-tier keeper. Talatau, I thought, boys, he looked a little bit lost at times. 
I thought he moved laterally too often. He really seemed to be pass first, and I don't think that's his strength. I'd like to see him digging into the line. He had 27 points with a try assist and line break assist. 15 kick meters. That's zero points off the kick. So, again, more more reason to take Benny Hunt. Um, and I think he really needs to get hot and figure out what he needs to do to get going in this team if he's if he's going to be any sort of buy. But currently, I, I would stay well away. And then the last one I've got here is Matty Moyland, who I love seeing Matty play well. He had probably the best outing I've seen in some time. Uh, large number of tackle busts coupled with a try assist and a line break. He did pass the eye test for the first time in a long time. I thought he was able to poke his head through the line a few times. Uh, maybe he can hang around the low 30 or high 30s, low 40s. But as always is the problem with Matt is I noticed a couple of times he was receiving attention from the physio for what appeared to be calf cramps. But with Matt, I sometimes worry that those could be bigger things. He's a pretty tough dude. So keep an eye on Matt Moyland. I think for the first time in a long time, he looks like the sort of player he was at uh, at Penrith. So hopefully he can stay fit for us. Mm. Just to um, yeah, go back to Amone just for a second. Sorry, Mitch. Yeah, of um, course. Uh, Jaden Sewer and Zach Lomax each cop sin bids on that right edge redefence. So um, he picked up, uh, I think, five, five missed tackles um, on his way to 27. So really it could have been, you know, 30 early 30s or something like that, in which case you're not too disappointed in his score, don't you think? That's a, that, that is a good point. He did have two missed tackles the game before, so I sort of neglected them, but you're, you're quite right. He got picked on pretty badly by Viliami Kikau for sort of 20 <laughs> minutes. Um, <laughs> and, and it was not pretty. I, I felt quite bad for him. So it certainly is a valid point. I think he has probably two to three missed tackles in him a game just with his size, and he, he certainly seems mm. to be a target of second rows. But even if you take them out, I suppose he ekes his way into those uh, low to mid-30s. I just think for, for you to pick him up as an option at 342... I'd just like to see him digging into the line and, and having more of those tackle busts. He kind of needs to have the game we saw from Matt Moylan. That's the sort of game mm. I want to see him playing. Playing direct, uh, looking to straighten out that line. And and I think off the back of that, he's going to get some more tries and certainly some tackle busts. And he, he's got the ability to do it. So you're not wrong. But if I was to buy him, I'd want to see a little bit more. So for the 16% of people who do have him, I wouldn't necessarily drop him immediately. He no. does have those points in him. So just I think right it out might just be a slower cashy compared to the others out there. Right. Yep, yeah, I think that's a good point. And uh, lose less money than maybe a couple of others too. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, I, I'd also go with... Uh, I'll go with two directly fantasy ones, guys, which is Moses Embai. So look, with the news that uh, mm. you've only got three to four weeks... Now, there is no backup hooker and no backup half either on this bench. So I can't say. Back to bottom, mate. He played half back. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Look, so, look, Moses and Bai will get 80 this week. Uh, So I guess if you really feel like you can hop on him for three games and make some cash, he did not score well last week. So he's got break even off the top of my head of 31. So it's it's not like it's gimme cash there so it's really can he get a great score can he get a 50 plus next week and then continue it for the next two weeks and even then I'm just having a look now assume he gets 50 for the next three weeks uh, he gets from 347 to 443 so you can almost make 100 grand if he gets 50 every week here's my question to you Stu watching the game and having seen Andrew McCulloch the week before who is the better starting hooker Moses Mbai or Andrew McCulloch? Because Moses, Mbai, I would tell you, league. 
It's by a league. So I am extremely tempted to grab Moses Embi and, and Emma, probably the only person across the entire of NRL fantasy really has started with Moses Embi. She looks like a frigging genius right now because he passes the eye test. Hook makes silly decisions, but yes. is it impossible that Moses Embi keeps the role if he does crack out three or four 50-point weeks? I don't think so. It's not impossible, but I, I'd still be worried. Like Moses Embi, he's just three. Like if he doesn't and he goes back to the hooking role, you saw how many points that he gets, right? He scored 17 last week. So just if you're wrong, you're going to you're gonna have to jump off straight away. So just be aware. Two trades, right? Make sure you, mm. you're going to make your money back. So it's a risk, but look, I won't hate it. The other one is Talakai. Uh, he's in my Teague. Wilton is suspended. And also while they're, uh, the captain, Wade Graham, is out. Uh, look, I love Talakai as a fantasy player and just to watch him. Um, he's great. He's such a nugget and to bust tackles. Like people just bounce off him. But it's just not enough time for him to make money. So uh, Talakai, I would avoid uh, guys, winning. Uh, Mitch, who have you got? Darkies by four. I think they look really, really good. I think they'll make the Dragons play tight. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Look, I've actually got the same. I've got Sharks by four, Nick. Oh, I got Dragons by eight. Excellent. I hope that's the case. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay, next to the first of the Friday night game. So, guys, don't rush home to see this one. It is the West Tigers versus Warriors. Pray for traffic jam on the way home, so at least you know you can change the station on the car radio. How are they going to, are they going to promote this game? Like seriously, <laughs> oh, uh, no. ba- battle for the spoon. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so look, West Tigers. Uh, look, they were shocking last week. They scored four points to the Knights' twenty-six. The Warriors. Look, they looked decent at times, and they they lost by two points, uh, eighteen to twenty versus the Titans. Uh, so yeah, it's got Stu do teamless. Well, glad I did them. So the teamless here, uh, we have the Tigers. So let's go through Dane Laurie at fullback, Nofaluma and Mamalo on the uh, wings, Roberts and Oliver Gildart at centres. Jackson Hastings tonight has been suspended for naughty corner that's coming up but it basically is out for three weeks so I have no idea well Jock Madden likely at six Luke Brooks seven James Tamo is back from suspension at eight along with Stefano Udo Ekamanu Jacob Little is hooker so he is back as well which pushes Jake Simpkin to the bench so sorry all you Simpkin people you're done uh, Luke Garner comes back into the side uh, because Tuilagi uh, has that HIA Luciano Leilua is the other edge forward and Joe Offengawi uh, locks them down which I think is his best spot uh, Tyrone Peachy off his shocking score last week uh, is at 14 and he's sin bidding uh, Alex Twall goes back to the bench along with Zane Musgrove and Jape Sinkin like we mentioned before uh, apart from that yeah not much happening here on the other side uh we have or do, do we just want to go through the Tigers and go through what we think of them first guys how about we do that so do, do any of you guys have any thoughts on this Tigers uh, any of the players in this Tigers team Mitch yeah I have Tyrone Peachy he had 6 points in 51 minutes and uh, made the comment uh, before game I believe that he didn't know that his role in the game uh, 
for that day. That, to me, is a huge red flag, given that he's one of the 50 captains for the Tigers. But really, if you look at it, he's the captain. Um, And when he played, he looked as though he didn't know where he fit. His fantasy score reflected it. Stay away from Tyrone Peachy. We've warned you. And stay away from this bloody Tigers team unless it's Kelmar Tuolagi. Was he promised the 13 and benched? Is that what's happened? That's exactly right. I think he was a bit salty pre-game. And the fact he said that... Uh, not good. No, that's true. Uh, Look, Madge is firming up to about, you know, dollar five favorite for our first coach sacked. Uh, look, Jackson Hastings is suspended, but look, he's worth keeping an eye out for. He was the only player I would say would be worth like a real gun, like go from a fantasy side, especially because I believe at some point he will be given the keys along with Dewey. I reckon, nah. Uh, Brooks, if he puts on a performance like that again, like it, like they'll just let him go at the end of the season, if not before. Um, so when do he gets back? But I, yeah, Jackson Hastings looked really good, and yes, unfortunately, Kelman Tuolagi is out this week for an HIA, but I reckon he will keep his spot. He's just he's just good. Um, so having a look in this side, if any other major and Jacob Little, which means that if you got Jabe Sink and it's time to sell, you took your shot. It didn't pan out. Time to sell. He's not going to make money from that bench unless Jacob Little's leg literally falls off. Um, and they've got no incentive for either Jacob Little or Jake Simpkin to really develop them this year because who have they got coming next year, boys? The Tigers. Who did they buy? I can't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing blanks. Mitch. Ah, right. So they have absolutely no incentive to develop either of these guys. So they'll just play whoever they think is better and then stuff the other one back to Reggie's. Um, Happy Corusau, does he know what he's walking into? Mate, to be fair, next year they get him and Isaiah uh, Papali'i. So, and probably I don't care. the coach. I don't care who they get. It's this, this, this culture is toxic. They need a total reboot to boot in that club. Not going to make a difference. He should stay with Nathan and win a few more premierships. Oh, he certainly should have. But I, th- I think they got Mitch Kenny, who I think is a starting hooker at any other side. Anyway, moving on. Maybe not any other side, but yeah, quite a few. Uh, moving on, he'd certainly be a starting team in this Tigers team. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I could start in this friggin' Tigers team at this rate. Far out. <laughs> oh, okay, Alex Twile, you've been insulted by Mitch Brown again. He reckons he can take your spot, mate. So there you go. Oh, no. He's calling himself better than Alex <laughs> Twile now because he can't get a start. Um, moving on. Uh, look, Warriors side, we got, uh, it's pretty close to last week, but a few changes. Reese Walsh at the back. Adam Pompey and Marcelo Montoya in the edges, while we got Jesse Arthurs and Rocco Berry at centre. Chanel Harris-Tavita and Cody Nicarima comes back at number seven due to injury to Ash Taylor, hip injury. Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge are the starting props with Wade Egan uh, at hooker. Ewan Aiken and uh, Ellie Katoa are on the edges with Josh Curran uh, at lock. And then on the bench, Jazz Tavaga, uh, Bunty Alfoa, Aaron Penne, and Bailey Siernan rounded out. Ben Murdoch Masila is all the way back to number 20. So, guys, Warriors. Uh, Nick, you got any, anything from these Warriors that interests you? Um, not particularly. Um, I know everyone was jumping on the Eli Katoa. He's sitting um, pretty well. He's averaging 50 so far this year. So um, I know we were sort of weighing up both Fermor and Eli Katoa, uh, both former 
absolutely killed it this week and Eli Katoa uh, punched out a 41. So um, you win some, you lose some. Um, you sure do, don't you? <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, everyone's already on the Aitken train, but uh, Josh Curran's still banging out huge scores, I think. Uh, Stu, do you have any uh, Warriors players of interest? Uh, look, I I just say do not pick up Cody Nikorima. Uh, Sean Johnson is back, but do not pick up any of these halves. It's going to be a revolving, you know, absolute torrent of bad decisions for the rest of this year because um, they want to get rid of Cody Nikorina. Chanel wants out of the Warriors and Ash Taylor wants into the Warriors, which is worrying for both parties. Um, <laughs> so, uh, look, Wade Egan. He's, I've got him in draft. Wade Egan is playing like a... There are very few players playing like uh, keeper-level hookers. Uh, at the moment, Wade Egan is playing like that. He's playing 80 minutes. He's playing tough. He picked up a try. He's scoring some attacking stats, some good runs. He's finally developing into that next-level player. He's expensive, but he's looking good. And... Uh, I'd say Chuck a star. Matty Lodge had a real short run the other day. He came off, had a vomit on the sideline. I think he might. They said he might have had a like a little bit of a fever or something beforehand, and just and obviously he, he uh, had the week off beforehand. So he will come down in price, and he's pretty close to a keeper level prop himself. Um, yeah, uh, Mitch, what have you got? Uh, I've just got Eli Katoa. Uh, for all those who are a little bit worried, minus the attacking stats and SJ, who you noticed, Stu, uh, was the main reason for his productivity. I think he remains a hold. His base stats remain solid. And at 40 to 45, I still think there's cash there. And my feeling is Ellie will be back to what we saw week one once SJ is back. So if there's any concern out there, Ellie is better than Bo. We will be proven right in a couple of weeks when SJ comes back. Well, if nothing else, right, he's got a break even of 24 this week, right? There is absolutely no point selling Ellie Katoa. So don't don't worry about it too much. And uh, look, he played... 64 minutes for his 41 on the weekend so that's a that's a pretty good run uh just watch those minutes that would be the only thing that i would say there is if bailey sirenan starts snaking minutes that's when i would get a little bit you know ants in the pants um okay guys uh who's who's winning here nick what have you got mate i'm gonna take the warriors by 16 big yep, one i can see that Plus 16. Uh, Mitch? I've just got the Warriors by four. We haven't had any major blowouts other than the Tigers. I don't think the Warriors are quite as good as the Knights, so I'll go um, Warriors up four. Yeah, and look, I've got the Warriors by eight. But look, the, to be honest with you, both of these teams, you know, they'll they'll snatch defeat from the jaws of greater defeat. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, if there's a way that they both walk out of this with scoring zero points, and I'm sorry, Warriors fans, like you guys, your team just puts they put together some brilliant play. Reese Walsh is an absolute stud, right? And he's the only guy that I'd really want out of that team currently playing, apart from maybe Josh Curran. Uh, well, we probably should mention Josh Curran just for one sec while I've got him here. A lot of people are keen on Josh Curran. Your guys' thoughts? Nick? Um, he's definitely a workhorse. I've got him in draft, so he's banging out just huge scores at the moment. Um, he's a bit too expensive, and I'm, uh, I wouldn't pick him up just for the reason that Tohu's coming back. So if you hadn't to start the year, I think you're cheering, but at this stage, uh, seven point. 
eight ownership. Uh, I wouldn't bring him in necessarily, although I know you guys are having some issues this week uh, on in the next game for the Roosters. Um, start. <laughs> he's averaging 65.5 so far, Josh Cohn. Yeah, it felt like an outlier to me. Uh, Mitch? I felt like it was an outlier, but he has looked really good watching him live or watching him on TV live the last two weeks. What I would say is if you don't have him, I agree with you, Nick, at that price point, it's probably not worth it. But if you do, hold him and just swap him for Harris. You're absolutely cackling right now, and it was something we missed in the preseason, and right now I wish I had got him over Angus freaking Crichton. So, anyway. Yeah, uh, look, I, I, the HIA scared me about Josh Curran preseason, the HIA during the All-Stars game. Like, I thought he was going to be one of those guys who just goes down and takes a few weeks off. But he's just come back, and he's playing as hard as before. So, obviously, they're thick in the headgear that Josh Curran's wearing. <laughs> uh, well, no, because I saw him, like, do a couple of low tackles a couple of times. I'm like, ooh, like, waiting for, you know, him to stagger away. But, no, nah, just kept in there. So, he's, he's not... There's no chill with Josh Curran. So uh, 59 points in 73 minutes. And against the Dragons, round one, 72 points in 66 minutes. So he's he's playing plenty of points. Uh, yeah, I had him slated for like a low 50s type of score. So he's definitely exceeding, uh, you know, even those who bought him, like even their wildest dreams, I'd say. Well, look, his score of 59, literally no attacking stats. We have here 44 tackles, three tackle breaks, three missed tackles, one offload, one error, 152 meters run, one penalty conceded. But no, awesome. no, no try assists, no tries, no nothing, no line breaks, nothing. Uh, wow. And I think that's the difference between the 60 that he got 59 and the 72 is the literally the one line break and the one try assist that he got. So <laughs> there you go. Um, all good. Uh, so we got the Warriors winning this one. Let's move on to the next game. So we've got the Rabbitohs. Who lost uh, in gold, golden point last week to the Storm versus the Roosters, who uh, pretty handily defeated the Seagulls. Uh, so the Roosters are favourites for this one, and it's at ANZ. It's technically a Rabbitohs home game, you know, halfway across Sydney. Um, you know, South Sydney's home ground is in Western Sydney. Moving on, <laughs> let's go through the Rabbitohs team. Uh, Nick, do you want to take us through the Rabbitohs team, mate? Yeah, mate. Uh, we've got Latrell at fullback, Alex Johnston and Jackson Paulo on the wing. So Paulo's moved from centre to wing, which actually happened in the middle of the game. So they've swapped his uh, from wing, uh, Tane Mill, into the centres with uh, Campbell Graham. Cody Walker at number six with Lachlan Elias. Tavita Tatola with Mark Nichols in the props. Damien Cook at hooker, obviously. Kian Kolomatangi and Jai Arrow on the edges. Cameron Murray at lock. Jacob Post, Sevilla Helvili, uh, Thomas Burgess, and Liam Knight on the bench. Um, David Moali is not in the 18 jumper this week. It's Josh Mansour. Um, I think that's sort of the main. There's only a couple of changes there, really. Yeah. Liam um, Knight so- comes into the side. Was I uh, should have bolded him, but he comes in for because David uh, David Moali uh, snagged the 17 last week, but instead he's been pushed well out. So there you go. Liam Knight is back. I know, maybe they're trying to keep him from signing up for the Dolphins, right? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, okay, so guys, Rabbitohs, who are we liking from the Rabbitohs? Let me start with you, Mitch. Uh, I don't know if I'm liking this first one, but he needs to be talked about, and that is Lachlan Elias, who 
looked lost and almost felt like Walker wasn't keen on allowing to have more of an impact. 17 points with 11 kick meters and no attacking stats. Uh, sorry, maybe it was 11, I think it was 11 points in kick meters. I'll have to confirm that. I put 11 kick meters. I think it was 11 points. Uh, with no cheaper trade outs for me currently, he remains a hold. And that's primarily because I feel like someone on this team has to do the work. Uh, but it, it really isn't looking good. The other one that I want to talk about who did end up doing all the work and we quickly spoke about before was Cameron Murray. Uh, was, was wrong about how quickly he would get going. But as I said earlier, it just may be out of necessity. He was honestly everywhere on the field and he did pretty much everything that could be done. In the absence of a competent half, Murray did really look the goods. And he could continue to be forced to do the line share of the work. He had 47 tackles, two line breaks. Yep. And hear this. Zero line breaks, zero tries, zero try assists. That is workmanlike for 80 points. Wow. Uh, one to keep an eye on, Stu, for two guys who are looking to possibly get out of Crichton. Cameron Murray looks like he is sort of the, the lock, but also almost like a ball-playing half role. Like he's just everywhere. He is. He certainly scored, and look, obviously the overtime helps as well. He, um, I'm just, I'm just pulling up his stats here. So the match stats. So he only missed the first eight minutes, right, of that game. So, yeah, he he got one line break assist. That's it. But he got three proper offloads. So that's twelve points there, and a big one, four turnover tackles for sixteen points. Wow. Which turns yeah. it from a like the, the between the offloads. And the things, it would have been like a 50s game into an 80s game. Yep. So, I guess it's, I'm not sure you can turn over the, you know, get, get four turnover tackles a game. And that's what worried me about Ben Hunt. I think he had four as well. But he does tackle hard. And when you make 47 tackles, every once in a while, someone's going to drop the ball. And when you're the big name player, they'll say that you're the one who did it. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, look, he certainly looks the goods. He will play Origin. He's pretty much like a lock. Ben Hunt had three. Yeah. So he's pretty much a lock for Origin, um, barring, I don't know, what, both legs falling off. So mm, The other arm falling off, something like that. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, look, certainly if you got him in your team or if you're looking to put him in, I won't say no. Uh, Nick, thoughts from you about this, uh, about the Rabbitohs? Okay, got a couple of good stats. So Cody Walker with 16 and Lachlan Elias, we already said, with 18, which was uh, two terrible scores. But um, so whilst you think they're probably by cells, uh, most line engagements in the league for Cody Walker are already with 29. So what that means is that he's taking the ball deep into the line. Now, if you actually watch the game, the Rabbitohs bombed so many tries down that lethal left edge. Johnston must have dropped the ball three or four times because he just kept bombing and bombing and bombing. Um, you know, uh, Xavier Coates, if you remember watching, he was jumping up into the line and like like starfishing, supermaning, like through it. It was so good. Um, so I actually see Cody Walker um, bottoming out probably the next week or two and then he could potentially be a buy. Um, so he's got a huge break even. So just keep an eye on him. Uh, Lachlan Elias, even though people are very disappointed with his scores, he's number three in the league with 22 line engagement. So he's taking the ball to the line as well. So you could actually see once they start to gel and build their, on the combinations, you could actually see him starting to get some attacking stats. So um, if you hold, have both, whilst they most might feel like a sell, you actually probably could ride it out. 
Uh, Cody Walker, I don't think is going to get a sniff in Origin. So uh, I would actually consider holding both unless with uh, you can get something really good with like a good cashy or something like that. But um, I don't think they're as bad as we're sort of thinking. What do you think about that, Stu? Uh, look, Cody Walker, he's got a 78 break even this week, a score of which he has betted once in his career ever. So he's one of those guys who he's pretty consistent with his um, base and some attacking stats in there, like 40s, 50s, 60s. But he's, he's not really a cracker century guy, so he is going to shed some more money. So he'll probably hit the 500k mark. And if he has another bad game this week versus the Roosters, right? Like it could it could plummet a lot. Like I'm just I'm having a look at him now. If he gets just say he gets a thirty this week, he's gonna drop fifty two grand. So he's gonna be five hundred nine k. So look, yes, you're gonna lock in your losses on him, which is up to seventy thousand dollars, right? If you if you start with Cody Walker, but if not, and if he doesn't come good, right, you're locking in like at least one hundred twenty k next week if he gets a thirty. If he gets a sixteen like he did this week. Uh, not 160, 16, 66 grand. So yeah, it's really gross. Um, you're going to almost double your losses there if he has another really awful week versus the Roosters. Um, so you got a strong sell rating on him? I, yes, unless you are confident. If you're like Cody Walker's there, he's on his way back. That's fine. You've lost no money. You've actually absolutely lost nothing until you trade him. So you just hold him no matter what. Mitch, Thoughts on Cody and uh, you've given us a lies, but any thoughts on Cody? Certainly wouldn't buy him, but I think you're in so deep now. If you have him, you probably just keep him because as you said, Stu, uh, you haven't lost money until you trade him. That's true. Uh, like a guy we're about to talk about on the other side because let's go through the Roosters team. Mitch, take us through the Roosters. Yeah, so at fullback, we've got James Tedesco on the wings, Daniel Tupo and Billy Smith, who's been demoted to the wing, which might actually work out well for him. I'm going to be positive about that. Then we've got Paul Momorowski and Joey Manu. Uh, in the halves, we've got Sam Walker at 5'8", Luke here at halfback, Lindsay Collins and Soiso Tokiahu are your props. Connor Watson, after a shoulder subluxation, uh, is going to be playing hooker. That's an interesting one, quite risky. Uh Second row, we've got Nat Butcher and Satili Tupanua. Uh, Victor Radley is in at lock. And then on the interchange, we've got Drew Hutchison, Fletcher Baker, Angus Crichton, and Jared Wurry Hargraves. Yeah, so look, big changes here this week. So obviously, we've got uh, Connor Watson back from injury. We've got Nat Butcher starting in the heart. Uh, sorry, starting on the edge. And Angus Crichton trying to prop up that middle section. That's pretty gross. Uh, let's have a look here. Uh, I guess, Nick, have you got any thoughts on these roosters? Absolutely. Uh, James Tesco returned to form. He looked absolutely fantastic, I thought. Um, so congratulations to those, to those who held the faith, especially after the round one. Um, I think that's pretty much... Um, uh, Mitch, what are your thoughts on Billy Smith? Are you holding? Yep. There's no one better to trade to at the moment. There's huge amounts of concern. He has not looked the goods in centre thus far and has not passed the eye test. That said, he's had a huge amount of time off. He came up against Dan Gagai week one and didn't look great. And that might have rattled his confidence. I'm hoping that the Roosters start cracking into gear and maybe he picks up a few tries. Not not dissimilar to Xavier Coates. 
And uh, as soon as I make a bit of cash, I'll probably be getting out of Dodge with him because, yep, I am pretty damn concerned because his base stats are quite poor. Hmm, 100%. You're just hoping that he's just really... He's only had... He's really six games into his career, so you're really just hoping that he's he's just getting that start that he needs. Um, yeah. Do your love affair with Angus Crichton, is it coming to an end? Ah, uh, look, I'm... I can see what the Roosters have done here. When you look at the side, right? You know, you got uh, Lindsay Collins, who has did not play well last week, right? And Tayako uh, starting, and you got a very, very thin bench, right? So you got uh, Joe Weir Hargraves, who I think Nick, you were saying, looks washed. So yeah, he's is that slander? Yeah. Nah, he just he's he's like. 34, 35, it's not mean to call someone like that who's been arguably the best prop for a decade, right, to say he's washed. He's he's on the downhill, that's for sure. There we go. Okay, so Joe Rear Hargraves, Nick Lord, thinks that he'll pass it, mate. So <laughs> yeah, Absolutely, I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. That's not slander. So, but look, we've got Fletcher Baker, who's a young fella, because Egan Butcher is still out injured. He is nowhere to be seen in that 24 at all. And if you look at the rest of this one, really, you've only got uh, Daniel uh, Saluka Fafita is the only other recognised prop anywhere near this side. So, um, and he has obviously got issues. So, I can see why they brought Angus Crichton back to do a bit of middle work, a bit of edge work. But if you hold Angus Crichton, it's really show or don't show time. He's only lost you a bit of money so far. Uh, so... Just having a look right here, he's at 731k. He's lost you a grand total of uh, 26 grand. If he gets a 40 this week, right, he loses you another 37. You're doubling your losses. So really, if you've got other issues in your team, you can use some Angus Crichton money to fix it up. If you want to hold on to Angus Crichton all season, which is my normal recommendation of not trading keepers, do that. But I will say, yeah, don't trade keepers unless they're being benched because the team is grossly misweighted with their, you know, having a ton of star backs, no friggin' forwards. Is there a yeah. chance you get the starting role back? Oh, there's a hundred percent. There's a chance he can get the starting role back, but like Angus Crichton, I think 2020 Angus Crichton spent, you know, a bit of time at lock. Do you remember that? Like he spent a bit of time at, um, when Radley was with in. A, with a PPM over one, I might add. Yeah. But he just doesn't get necessarily the same minutes like when he's at lock or when he's uh, filling in at prop. So I would just, that's my concern with him is that Angus is is a absolute stud of a player. He can play anywhere in the front row, right? And he'll do very well at it. But his, the reason why you got Angus Crichton is because his upside when he hits an edge is his attacking stats and he just loses a lot of those when he's in the middle. And he's not getting quality ball out there either. Like... In the first two weeks, is it, have you guys been impressed? Not really. The the Roosters attack is right edge. Yeah, they just yeah. keep going left, don't they? Yep. They just are not clicking out there. And with Isaiah Yo looking to be the best lock in the game by quite a margin, I can trade Crichton for Yo and have 8K cash left over. So that's looking like the, the way I roll at this point. Excellent. Yep. And look, you do lose a little bit of DPP coverage, but that's about it so look again I don't often say I won't have a thing wrong against you keeping Angus Crichton if you want to go to uh, want to move to Josh Curran or you want to move to Isaiah Yo or someone like that feel free 
Uh, guys, who do we have winning this game? Uh, look, I have... Yeah, look, I've got the Roosters by six. Uh, Mitch, who have you, what have you got? This game's always a little bit tight, so I've got Roosters by 12, but I could see it being a bit more of a blowout. Excellent. Nick? Yeah, same as Mitch, Roosters by 12. Excellent. Okay, so all three of us are on the Roosters here, and yeah, unlike previous years, I don't think there's an ambush coming here unless there's some sort of brain snap and the entire team gets sent off after beating Jairo half to death. Um, <laughs> as I think they want to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they certainly did last time they played. So look, uh, let's break it up here. We finished, that's the last of the Friday games. Nick, uh, sheesh stats, mate. So what are some yeah. interesting stats from last weekend? Talk to us. Yeah, so uh, the NRL site it was a little bit buggy and so it was giving some weird results. But um, Cameron Munster and uh, Nanai, they missed 11 tackles apiece. So um, I, I sort of said they'll need to use the tackling bags this week and get their shoulders into it because um, they were just grabbing at people and trying to put hits on all all week um so if you're holding any, either of those you can see potentially you know 20 something points of upside just by making the tackles so um you know if you think about it guys a missed tackle minus two but if you make the tackle it's one so you know that's up to 30 odd points uh potentially um if they just make the damn tackles the other one guys um some kicking stats so dce is leading the nrl and kick meters so far with a th- just over a thousand two games which is you know obviously 500 a game the other guy matt burton 926 so these two guys are sitting above everyone third mitch moses with 807 so mitch moses kicked for 600 uh, i think kick meters last week and was only 191 the week before so um you know, it's just interesting to keep track of this. I know there's a kicking nerf, but uh, those two guys in particular, Burton, DCE, and it's showing in their fantasy scores that they're just dominating. Excellent. Look, mate, just for when we get to the Titans, can you look up uh, my boy Toby Sexton as well? Yeah, mate. If you get a sec. Okay. Well, look, while Nick's doing that for us, the Saturday games kick off with what should actually be a pretty good game, I reckon. Uh, I know... It is the Panthers versus the Knights. And obviously the Panthers are, they're pretty much about as strong a favourites as you can get for this game. But I reckon it'll be pretty close. Uh, so 3pm uh, and this is out at Bathurst. So this has proven to be a bit of a fortress for the Panthers over the last little while. So last week the Panthers, I guess you could say they kind of scraped home to win over the Dragons. A lot of injuries in that game. Uh, whereas the Knights, they just slapped the Tigers as we talked about 26-4. to four. So, look, I'll run through the Panthers team list. So, we've got Dylan Edwards, a fullback. Uh, Charlie Staines is on one wink. And Taylor May has come in for the injured Brian Toto on the other edge. So, Taylor May is there. Isaac Targa and Steve Crichton are at centre. Jerome Luai and Sean O'Sullivan are the halves. At prop, Matt Eisenhuth is now named a starting prop. Uh along with James Fisher-Harris, who uh, had a soft muscle tissue injury last week to his shoulder. Api Corusel at lock, uh, sorry, at hooker. Uh, Kikau and Liam Martin uh, on the edges. Isaiah Yo is at lock. And the bench is Mitch Kenny, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu, who moves back to the bench, and he actually started there last week. And Jermaine Salmon uh, rounds out the 17. Uh, the other big news in this one is Nathan Cleary is listed at 24, which means that he's likely to come back next week. 
So, uh, I'll kick us off for this one. Nathan Cleary, obviously, back in the 24. Spencer Lenny was going to be my first trade in this week, guys. But I know. How are you guys feeling about Spencer Lenny now? So, Mitch? Now that I know James Fisher-Harris is back, not as good as I did uh, sort of Friday when I saw him go off that shoulder injury. But he did... He did play good minutes. I know Fisher-Harris is off, but he did play good minutes in the absence of Leota. So I do think there's cash there. The question is how much and uh, will he be able to get those sort of 30 to 40 minute games out? I think he had 29 minutes. Is that right? Uh, last week he had 53. Uh, sorry, he scored 53 and he had a 53 and 31 minutes. Yeah. Whoa. So see what I mean? He didn't really get the minutes. So it's like James Fisher-Harris wasn't there and he still had pretty well the same minutes he had the week prior where he had uh, 23 minutes against Manly. So I don't know how much it changes. As I said to you guys, he had two tackle breaks and he had a meat pie and he had the two turnovers. Yeah. So that's where all those extra points came from. So I don't know if my opinions change, but I don't think he's going to have two turnovers every game and that might be the only meat pie he gets the next four years. So um, I probably won't be getting him. No, I'd love to see what, what is happening with Spencer Lenny? Like they're just—he seems to be one of those guys who's on the cusp, but they just—they haven't worked out how to run him yet. I don't know. Nick, your thoughts, Spencer? Yeah, uh, I had him in as well. Now I don't, but um, yeah, he's just a bit young. I think they're just bringing him along. You know, uh, they've got so many. Um, they're, they're not even an old team, the Panthers. So I think they just don't want to run the young guys too far into the ground and just bring him along. So yeah, I think it's just the way they sort of do it because you know Leota was a similar sort of position for two or three years right Stu yeah no he was so 100% yeah just playing playing that thing so yeah he's probably trending much like Leota so 20 to 30 to 40 minutes so we'll see how that goes for Spencer um, but look I guess if he ever does get big minutes if another injury happens so if Fisher Harris goes down or someone like that there is probably very big minutes in this side so for someone but yeah, but speaking of big minutes, Isaiah Yo, guys. So thoughts on Isaiah Yo with 80 minutes a game? I thought he looked good, but as I was sitting here thinking about making the trade for him, do we think he'll continue to have this large role in the team uh, when Cleary comes back? I know that uh, Sean O'Sullivan on NRL360 was making comments that Yo's having an instrumental role in sort of directing the team around in the absence of Cleary, do we think that he could have a drop in price once Cleary comes back? Or is is he in this sort of non-injured state, which he's kind of been stuck in since 2020, uh, or this injured state rather since he's been, since 2020, where he's finally back and scoring to what he's probably capable of? That is be sort of my question. Uh, look, I think that Azayo is one of those guys that they just game manage as much as anything else because he's he's probably the best lock in the game while he's on and he's a great ball distributor. But I think, um, you know, when the Panthers are scoring extremely well, he had a bit of a dip last year just because they were scoring so many points and they didn't need to wear him out in anything apart from the tightest games. So I think that with the scoring coming back to a bit more even and the Panthers you know, losing a little bit of strike around the park, I think that he will have to play more. So, and he does not miss tackles. Like, like he's not getting negatives in his game. So whatever points that you get from Yo, you keep. So, look, I, I reckon he, he's, a, he's a safe place to make your money. Only issue is he, is he plays Origin. 
So Yeah, I, I agree, Stu. Um, could we even recommend him as a captain? It's the option potentially, guys, based upon his workload and his responsibility this week. Yes. Yeah, in this team, definitely. Against the Knights who play big in the middle, I reckon so. Mitch? Hmm. Not above Haas. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make our final recommendations later, but later. But you know, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate mm. it. Yeah, mm. You'd be. I'm gonna. Safe. I'm, I'll be more than likely get likely gonna pick him up. I'm just trying to work a way to get Targo in there as well because the train's about to leave there. Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah you, you, you're jumping on the very last of the train there. So I'm yeah. having. A, I'm having a look at uh, the scores right for, uh, for Yo over the last little while. Uh, the last score that he had below 40, he had one versus the Warriors, right? And obviously an HIA game versus the Broncos, right? So his floor is excellent as a lock. His ceiling, like he's not cracking out centuries, but his floor is great. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was our big concern was the HIAs, I think, because um, he's has sort of had the history from 2019, 2020 yeah. and 2021. He sort of picked up a few, so... 100%. And that's why I, I think I pointed out to you when we saw him at the game, he now almost consistently just tackles upright. He does not, he's not the low ball tackler. He's always the. Uh, yeah, the hind marsh. <laughs> yeah. He, he's always the uh, the upper ball uh, wrapping up the arms. So, and he's a big boy. So, he, it suits him very well, not getting his head down low. Um, guys, apart from that, Taylor May on an edge. So that's an interesting one. He's 300K. He's center only. He's missed out on the DPP, though he may get it. There's uh, probably eight weeks minimum from what Mitch is saying with Brian Toto being out if it's a grade three. Any interest in Taylor May at 300K on the Panthers' left edge? Nick? Um, I, uh, Yeah, I think his uh, New South Wales Cup scores were really good, actually. So uh, definitely some interest, although... He's 300k, so it's not a bargain basement. So, from his New South Wales Cup scores, he averaged 45.2 on the wing. Gross. That's pretty nice. And at centre, he averaged 39. So, even if he gets moved around with Stevie Crichton, let's just say, um, I think he could definitely make you some dosh uh, with a break-even of 24. So, you know, you could get 15-point average, which means he's a boom. But, I don't know. Stu? Uh, yeah, look, I, I'm interested. I'm trying to work out a way to get him in while also doing all the other things that I want to do this week. Uh, so I've got Angus Crichton money, but I, I kind of want to spend in a few different places at once. Mitch, your thoughts on Taylor May? Yes, Mitch, would you swing from Billy Smith to Taylor May? I was just thinking that. You took the words out of my mouth, mate. I am considering it, but I, I'm now 34K down on Billy Smith and... Um, I really, really want Embi, but I don't trust Hook to not um, to not play him when, when McCulloch... Yeah, I'm really scared he's going to do that. But it's funny you say that, Nick. I'm actually sitting looking at my team going, <laughs> I could make that swap. But then, you know, I could be trading out one, one guy who can't cut it at wing center for another guy. So, I don't know. I just got burned by Bo Fermor for doing that. So, in all likelihood, I cut Billy Smith and he puts four tries on the friggin' okay. Rabbitohs. So, this I don't isn't... know. Probably not. This isn't the Zach Zini uh, from, from last year, so I've got uh, 
utmost faith in Taylor May, guys. Okay, let, let's write that one down. Utmost faith in Taylor May. Okay, yeah. awesome. Uh, I feel so much better now, guys. <laughs> excellent. Okay. So, and look, I do too. The Panthers, they're not letting like nuggets through. I'll put you this way. He's, he beat out Rob Jennings, who is, I guess, a first grade capable player, right, for the spot. So if they wanted to play a guy safe, they would, but instead they put in Taylor May. Uh, so that... Yeah, good call, mate. Yeah, it's it's not like they're absolutely d- digging the bottom of the barrel, and you know they're saying how do we get you know uh, Spencer Lenu to play on the wing over here? It's you know they they've got a little bit of faith. You um, could you could get rid of Elias for Taylor May. Ooh, don't okay. Ooh. Yep, there's a Just few saying. there's a few exit strategies here for sure. Um, and look, Taylor May will get a few weeks to try and make some coin. Uh, next up. Uh, we have the Knights team. Uh, unless anyone else have anything for the Panthers. No, that's it for me. No. Sweet ass. Okay. Oh, we did have something real quick for Kikau, which is he had a stud of... Oh, yes. Half. Sorry, I didn't see that at the bottom of my mind. Uh, if anyone's thinking about getting William Army Kikau, uh, he's on my fantasy draft team. 72 points in the first half, picking on Talatau Moan, which is probably half his uh, weight and muscle bulk. Uh, while Jane Seal was off for I don't know why. Uh, anyone would look dynamic in that situation. Stu would look dynamic in that situation. He then came back to earth with minus six in the second half. That's, <laughs> that is the kick-out coaster. Gassed. That's the kick-out coaster. You stay away. He'll continue to be up and down, and by the end of the season, I can look into my crystal ball, and he'll exa- average exactly what he did the last two years. Don't get excited. 100%. And he got that charge down as well, didn't he? Yep. He did. Oh, geez, that was a good try. <laughs> anyway, that no, it was wasn't. <laughs> it was. That, you know what? If that okay, you know that was their only try. They they could not crack the St George line. They could not crack it. The only time they could crack it when they had Kikau running at someone half his size because Jaden Sewell was sent off for ridiculousness. That's St true. George. You know what? They they did not look the goods. If they hadn't paid the referee three grand before the game, um, St George would have two points. There you go. The Boomer Boss podcast does uh, not officially endorse uh, <laughs> allegations of bribery against the NRL referees. That was, for legal reasons, a joke. <laughs> All right. So moving on from Mitch's pending lawsuit from the entire Roosters medical staff, as well as the NRL Referees Commission, uh, let's move on to the Knights team. So at fullback, we have Kalen Ponga. We have Dom Young and Inari Tuala on the wings. We have Dane Gagai and Bradman Best. The best centre pairing in the league. Quite possibly. At centre, uh, Jake Clifford and Adam Clune. Uh at half, Jacob Saifidi is back with the Bash Brothers with twin Daniel, who's back from his leg fracture. At prop, Chris Randall is at hooker. Tyson Frizzell and Mitch Barnett is at uh, uh, on the edges. So while Kurt Mann is at lock, so Phoenix Crosland, Jura uh, Momosia, Leo Thompson and Matthew Croker make up the bench. So out of the team this week, we have uh, Fitzgibbon, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. We talked him up. We apologized for insulting his family connections as the only reason why he's on the team, and then he got injured. So look, a few changes to this team. Guys, thoughts on the Knights? Uh, Mitch, kick us off. 
Yeah, I think the Knights have been largely the big surprise packet for the year. I mean, we none of us expected uh, Jakey Clifford, who I'm going to quickly talk about, to be the player he has. But he had 404 kick meters, almost took the entire general play duties, which we, we did think he'd do. But he looked to have great control of the Knights team. And this is, with a reminder, it was against the Tigers team, but it was minus Ponga. And that's potentially a reduction in the attacking potential for the team. He had 46 points minus the try and uh, and meters gained. Uh, it's If you have the cash, it's not too late. But honestly, this is like the last moment because he's sort of, I think, getting closer and closer towards peak value. But he has looked really good and, and been one of those players that I wish I had got on at the start of the year. The other one I have is Kurt Mann. There is mild concern uh, over the stat line. It was very similar to the previous week. With the inclusion of some demerits, that's kind of the main difference for what has occurred there. Hopefully, he will be able to crack the mid-40s this week, but not happy with the current level of base stats. Certainly some concern on my end with what's happening there. Excellent. Now, Mitch, just a quick question for you. Jakey, would you take Jake Clifford or Matt Burton if you had the choice this week? (laughs) Just asking for a friend, huh, Stu? Just asking for a friend who's possibly has some Angus Crichton money. (laughs) Matt Burton. Yeah, no, me too. Okay, moving on. But look, Jake Clifford's not a bad second. Hey, do you know what, though? I wouldn't hate Jake Clifford. Like, it's kind of asking me to choose my favourite son. Either one's fine. <laughs> note, note to people at home, Jake has zero ch- uh, sorry, no, I have zero <laughs> children. So I have no children. <laughs> for legal reasons, that's true. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Nick, any thoughts on the Knights? Uh, nothing uh, really except for Mitch Barnett getting the edge spot. We uh, wondered how Lachlan Fitzgibbon got it, so Barnett's reclaimed it. Um, he averaged close to 57 in uh, 80 minutes on the edge, so I'm keeping a close eye on him uh, when he hits the maybe even high f- uh, 500s. I'll probably pick him up as a DPP. Um, he's break-even 77, so don't bring him in this week. Just want to keep an eye on him. Yeah, I, I honestly think for me, Mitch Barnett was the same issue as Angus Crichton. He was put to the bench as middle coverage because of, there's a severe lack of depth there. Uh, and he's just moved back to the edge because there's a, now a real lack of uh, depth on the edge. Um, Brody Jones, is he anywhere near this team? Is he injured um, or something like that? Because he would be a guy I thought would be a pretty sure lock in there. But I don't think he's in the 24 at all. Do we know what's happened to him? No clue, mate. Give me a sec. Yeah, look, I'll put Nick on that one. Uh, the only other looks thoughts on this team, obviously, Kalen Ponga, if you got him, hold him. Uh, Dane Gagai. Now, uh, look, he's had a absolute stellar start to the year, and he is one guy who's walked out of uh, Souths with absolutely no dip in form. 78 and then a 72, and he's got a break-even of... 20 this week so he's likely to make a fair bit more cash but unless he has like another absolute standout game versus the Panthers uh, I guess you have you have to just enjoy the ride that you've been on don't you Mitch? Yeah I, I would say so I mean sooner or later I believe he scored two tries in both games he's not going to keep that up forever or he'll end up with 50 two tries by the end of the year um, make cash and then when it looks like he's starting to crash out jump off the train and get someone who's a bit more reliable but he great start to the season i mean none of us saw that coming no that's that's right so yeah so definitely like yeah this week's probably not the week to jump on uh even though his break even is so low um look and nick has come back what's the deal with Brody jones 
COVID protocols. Uh, he'll be in round four, apparently. So, um, I, I know definitely... That's a serious case, round four. Yeah, I'm not too sure, mate. Yeah, it's just... Well, that's just next week, so I guess oh, it just misses uh, being selected this week. That's... Yeah, that's tough. Okay, so look, that also... That puts a question mark over... Like, there's a couple of guys in there, like uh, Matthew Croker, uh, Jiraiya Mamasia, and Leo Thompson. Now, Leo Thompson did do really well last week, uh, possibly due to the last-minute David Clemmer out of the team. Uh, so, look, he is at 249k this week or not at all for Leo Thompson. If you're going to get on, he's 249k. He's got a break-even of something ridiculous, Leo. Uh, just looking up now. Leo Thompson, 249k, break even of 16. So uh, it's not the lowest that it's ever been because he had a really poor first game of 15, uh, but he got a 45 last week. So jump on this week, otherwise you won't have enough time to make money before uh, Clamour is back on the bench or Jacob Saifidi is eating big minutes out of this forward uh, rotation. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you also got Suwaso Su lurking somewhere in the uh, 24. Uh, so, guys, who's going to win this one? Uh, the Knights versus the Panthers. Uh, Nick? I'm going to get Panthers by 20. Ooh. Panthers plus 20. Interesting. Okay. Well, why such a well, big score? It's Bathurst, mate. There, a lot of these guys get to go, you know, play in front of their home crowds because, um, you know, it's part of their catchment area. That's true. They do play pretty well out there. Um, and they, they beat us um, last week when they had all those injuries. I know there was the Simbins we mentioned, but they you know, convincingly beat the Dragons um, with, as I said, the turmoil. So, you know, assuming uh, they don't get the same sort of injury uh, bad luck, then I, I assume they should roll the Knights. Fair enough. Uh, Mitch? I actually feel the opposite. I've got Knights by two if Ponga plays. I know Sam... Uh one of the listeners to the podcast, she was messaging me saying, do you think the Knights are good value at $4.50? And yes, I do. I actually think the total opposite to you, Nick. The Panthers were lucky to score a point against St. George other than maybe uh, the conversion they got for one of the penalties that they gave away. I can't see any reason why they're going to score more points this week because they haven't had any significant reinforcements and James Fisher-Harris will be playing injured. That I can promise you. I think they're really going to struggle against another big pack which they had trouble with dealing with the St. George. And for at least the moment, the Knights have a bit of belief. Um, I think it'd be close, but I think the Knights are going to find a way to get it done. Fair you enough. don't think uh, Penrith can take the Knights' soul the way the Panthers took the Seagulls' soul? No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm 50 Sandwich? this. For a win or for the line? For the win. No. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I'm confident right up into the point where it'll cost me. That's well, well done, Mitch. Uh, Sandwiches are a serious business, Stu. I don't think you understand. <laughs> I guess they are if they made a frigging gold leaf. Um, moving on. And look, I've got the Panthers by eight. I think it will be a close game. And look, if the Knights win, look, the Panthers are short on troops at the moment. You, you can't begrudge them. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, middle game for Saturday is another interesting one. Jeez, they've stacked Saturday this week. Storm versus the Eels. Storm are, are not quite as uh, high a favourites as the Panthers are in the game earlier, uh, but this one is at Amy Park. Now, the Storm uh, just beat Golden Point uh, Rabbitohs, 
and the Eels lost to the Sharks 16 to 18. Now, look, the odds for this will probably be out a little bit. Oh, yep, Nick is just updating them now. Uh, the Storm have odds have come in a little bit since Harry Grant went out with COVID. So, Nick, do you want to take us through that Storm team for us? Yeah, absolutely, mate. So, for the Storm, uh, fullback Brian Papperhausen on the wing, Dean Eremiah with Xavier Coates. In the centres, we have Remus Smith and Justin Ollum. In the halves, Cameron Munster at 5'8", Jerome Hughes at halfback. As starting at prop, we've got Jesse Bromwich and Nelson Asafa Solomona. In hooker, we probably have uh, Tyron Wishart likely to come in. Um, I would, it's probably my best bet. Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich in the back row. Josh King, popular pickup for the last couple of weeks. Congratulations to those who started with him and not Mitch. Um, probably coming onto the bench, uh, Chris Lewis or Nick Meany, I'd say, will come onto the bench for Tyron Wishart, who, move, who should move into the starting hooker role. Alec McDonald, Trent Loera, and Ted Pimeroa to finish out the bench. Excellent. Okay, so, and the other news, this one, Brandon Smith sided within the 24, so he's close to a return. Uh, look, for me, Josh King, uh, break even of nine this week. This is the last week to get on the Josh King ride. In fact, it may almost be too late, but if you get on, now's the time to do it. So, like, don't come to me next week going, oh, I had better things to do this week because Brandon Smith will come back. Josh King may well move to prop. He may well move to, like, the main bench rotation uh, uh, forward. So, either way, you won't be getting... 60 minutes and 50 points out of him. Uh, yeah, just a bit of caveat of Josh King. She and I were chatting off air before the pod with Brandon Smith coming back. Yeah, so the first week, Josh King, there was no uh, Jesse Bromwich who was out with COVID. And then last week, Brandon Smith uh, went went down. So um, we just, you know, don't think Josh King will necessarily get, you know, keep going and going and going because there, there are good reasons um, as to why he's been getting good minutes. 100%. So, obviously, if something else was to happen in that team, you know, one of the main props goes down. Look, you could be laughing at Josh King all season, but it's just that I reckon there's a limit to his cash. But this week, if you want to make some money, Josh King is not a bad choice because uh, just off the top of my head here, he'll make 40 grand uh, off a break even a nine if he gets another 50. Uh Apart from that, I've got uh, Brandon Smith, yep, edge of selection. Now, guys, keep an eye out for Brandon Smith when he comes back. I reckon he'll probably maybe come off the bench the first week, like just give his hand a test out and and get a couple of Ks in his legs. Uh, And then his break-even is 80-odd, right? And it'll get worse from there. So he will drop to sub 600K, which means have a bit of coin in your bank because Brandon Smith is a... Would you guys say he's a keeper at lock? No. <sighs> no. Yeah, borderline, borderline you, keeper. You've got Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo in the works. I don't think Brandon Smith's a keeper. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, look, for me, I reckon he'd be a keeper because if nothing else, he's got that DPP on him. So he's a great guy to park on your bench, like with your Chris Randall money or whatever else, like to trade in. So from later on the season. So for me, look, I reckon there's a good option here to get like a DPP guy, certainly for your bench, if not even for your starting side, uh, who also has found a way to find the line pretty often as well. So uh, he's he's better than most locks that I see at uh, scoring a meat pie. Um, 
apart from that, uh, Mitch, any other thoughts? No, no thoughts other than Josh King and his 51 tackles. That was very tasty. And I hope one of the Storm forwards go down this week so I can keep eating the cash from him. There you go. Yeah, plenty of money from Josh King for you, mate. Uh, up 54K for the year. Uh, next, Nick. Yeah, Ryan Pappenhausen, guys. I've got him as a hold. Um, he's actually looked much better last week, I thought, um, in a tough game, especially early on. Um, and let's hope he gets the goal kicking back. So I think he kicked one last week. Um, but with Grant not in the side who took uh, more of the kicking, um, this is our goal. And also, uh, we're not sure of Nick Meaney, who kicked him in round one. Uh, hopefully, Papanazan gets the full kicking duties and the Storm score a few meat pies so he gets some extra points. Mm. And uh, uh, I would also say that Harry Grant is a hold too. It's COVID. It's more than likely a week. It's going to happen to everyone. Like you yeah, and once that once they've got it, you know it's behind you as well, right, for the season. Yeah, oh, look, you can test positive again for COVID protocols, but at least you know that they're unlikely to get sick and come back, you know, underdone because of it, I guess. Uh, okay, so uh, let's look on the other side of the list. Uh, Mitch, what do the Eels look like this week? Yep, so this week for the Eels, we have Clint Gutherson in fullback. We have Wanga Blake at the wing with Bailey Simonson. Uh, in the centres, we got Willie Army, Penasini, and Tom Opacek. The halves, Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses. At prop, Regan Campbell-Gillard and Julian Napolo. In hooker, we have Reid Marnie. Uh, in the second row, we have Sean Lane and Nazai Papali. And at lock, Nathan Brown. Off the uh, interchange, we have Makeshi Makatoa, Wirumi Grieg, Ray Stone, and Oregon Kafusi. Awesome. Okay, so Nick, thoughts on the Eels team? Any thoughts fantasy-wise? Um, Mitch Moses, he's averaging 51.5, so I, I could see some upside in him. He didn't kick goals in round two, and he only, as I mentioned before, only kicked 191 kick metres in round one. So uh, he's he's in the early 50s at the moment, but he could uh, go into the mid-50s, maybe in high 50s or so, and uh, definitely hold, um, and maybe even buy. I don't know, Stu. Uh, look, uh, Mitch Moses, just keep an eye out for Teamless Tuesday because he did cop a leg injury in there. I think that's why he wasn't kicking goals. And uh, King Gutho, I think, was kicking goals. But um, That's it. Uh, so, look, that's the other reason I picked Gutherson for my uh, starting team. He's pretty good. Anyway, um, moving on, Mitch Moses, yeah, he, he's got a lot to like about him and he will pick up some big games because he's a very notable flat-track bully. So when the uh, Eels get on a roll, he'll just start kick off with the attacking stats right um yeah apart from that nick any other thoughts on the eels nah, no 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 more for me uh mitch no no thoughts they stink that's it oh okay uh they do not stink ladies and gentlemen at least people out there at least if they do send a correspondence to mitch brown uh nah they're stinky they're, they're certified stinky. stinky nick nick i think we've got a collective sandwich against eels fans that they will not make the eight they they stinky that's they that's a lot of sandwiches should have won <laughs> they should have won both those games they should so, handily they look they don't look good, and they need to win these games that they should be winning because they have, in our est- well, in my estimation, the hardest uh, draw in the in the um, in the league. So uh, they got Dragons next week, which should be a win, but then they got the Titans again. So um, you know they they need to pick up these wins, and uh, I don't think they, they will did this win week. Last week versus the Titans, mate. They did, but they didn't win convincingly. 
No, they didn't. Oh, don't, don't. And, and and I challenge you. I think St George will get up against the Eels. There you go. Yeah, I was on the um, record saying to throw that game out because it was just a rubbish game of of two halves. Anyway, Moving. I agree. Yeah, I gotcha. Look, Nathan Brown is back. Do not buy. Uh, he's looking undercooked. Isaiah Papali is a keeper. Absolute. Geez, I wish I spent my Angus Quite money on Isaiah Papali'i. I thought I'd save myself a bit of cash. Mistake. Papali'i has no chill, guys. What do you reckon? Yeah, he's probably the best second row of the Eels have produced since Nathan Hindmarsh. There you go. Yeah. Fantasy-wise, definitely. 100%. He he just he runs and runs, and you think, oh, geez, he's not having a good game. Oh, he's going to get me 40. Oh, wait, no, he just busted three tackles and folded a guy in half. So there's your points, right? Um, so he's doing good Junior Paulo also returned to form I know a few guys were high in the off season over Junior Paulo uh, got a decent score it's whether he can back it up guys I guess like that is I know it's my concern with Junior Paulo it's not whether he can have a good game with a whole bunch of offloads it's whether he can have a series of good games all year and I haven't seen that from Junior um, he gets like a 60 or a 70 and then he gets a 30 and it's just rough um Apart from that, Will Penasini, another 30 uh, with basically not no attacking stats again. So assuming that this guy knows how to score a try, he should be worth some real money at some point. Uh, and Wiramu Greg, like the man, you can see that this is going to be a real bash-up game that the uh, Eels are preparing because they've cut uh, Bryce Cartwright from the team of Wiramu Greg, who is uh, three people high and about four people wide. So... <laughs> he's just a monster of a man, so he's going to try and bash uh, Nelson Sofa Salmona uh, to pieces. That will actually be one worth watching, I reckon, if those two get on at the same time. Uh, okay, so guys, who have we got winning here? So look, I've actually put the Eels winning by two in a very tight Ooh. game. The Eels have actually won quite a few against the Storm lately. They, yeah. seem to, they do seem to have unlocked how to beat the Storm. And that is basically just to bash them. Bash the skill out of their hands. Uh, Mitch, what have you got? I could see the Eels winning, but I have to stand on my dig. And I've got Storm by six. Perfect. Okay. And Nick? Storm by 18. Storm by 18. Oh, I love it. Please, footy gods, let that be the universe (laughs) that we get. Uh, no, I don't want that because uh, actually no, I do because that way Paps will probably get get a few in there too. So I won't cry too much if the uh, if the Storm do win. Okay, then we got the last game of the night. So obviously NRL in their wisdom, they've saved the best game for last, and they've given us the Raiders versus the Titans at Canberra. So, oh, jeez! Now the Raiders are somehow favourites for this, even though they got towed up by the wooden spoon candidates the cowboys over here yeah i had to check that eh? like the 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 odds i I couldn't believe it you know what that's good value titans are very good value there i'm definitely taking the titans for value this week what about titans into uh knights on a multi nick i'll I'll chuck 10 into that that is a spicy multi anyway uh yeah look there's there's certainly some interest there i think possibly they're just thinking that maybe the titans don't like going south uh, down to where the air is a little bit colder down in Canberra. They might still turn up in boardies. That's all I can think <laughs> there. Uh, so, look, I'll run through the Raiders team. So, we've got uh, Charles Nickel Clockstud in uh, at fullback. 
Nick Kotrick is back along with Jordan Rapana, who returns from suspension on the wing. So uh, goodbye, Schiller. Uh, we have at centre Matt Tomoko and Sammy uh, Valame, uh, which means goodbye, Sebastian Chris as well. Uh, we have Jack Whiten and Brad Schneider returns in the halves. Brad Schneider, think of that name. You don't own him, go buy him. Stop, pause the podcast, go buy. Moving on. Uh, at prop, we have Josh Papali'i and Joseph Tapane. We have Tom Starling uh, confirmed at number nine. So uh, it's on the edges, we have Hudson Young and Corey Harawira Naira. And locking it down, we have Elliot Whitehead in one of the more interesting transitions to uh, lock that I've seen in a while. Uh, at On the bench, we have Matt Frawley last week's half, uh, Emre Gula, Adam Elliott, and Corey Horsburgh. So Xavier Savage is sitting there lurking at 18. Guys, uh, let's start off with Mitch, who's super high on the Raiders. What are you thinking here, mate? I wouldn't say I'm super high on them anymore, mate. Without uh, Jamal Fogarty, they are not the team that they were. Let's start off with Tom Starling. With the absence of Josh Hodgson, he has got the starting role. I do have two concerns. The first one is the minutes. He did only get 57 minutes uh, last game and therefore 38 points. I'd be hoping maybe he cracked that sort of mid-60 minute role and at that point you'd really have good coverage on his base stats. The second game is uh, during the Sharks game, he played the 70 minutes, but only for 40 points. He did have six missed tackles in there. Um... The main thing is is that if he can't pick up those base stats and he's only getting those 40 points, I can't see huge improvements in this Raiders attack without Jamal Fogarty. I know they had a few good moments with Schneider, but realistically, I think that was a Sharks team that didn't have their coach and was sort of playing them into the season. Um, Tom Starling is certainly a much, much safer bet than someone like Moses Zembai if you're looking for a cheapy hooker. But I do think there's concern, particularly with the fact he only was able to get those 40 points in the 70 minutes as a hooker. You know, generally we're hoping they can start getting into those 50, um, 50 point sort of regions and, and maybe a few attacking stats, which he had basically none of. Hmm. All right, Nick, any, any, uh, any thoughts on your side, Tommy Starling? Uh, I'm in. Uh, he averaged, so in, from rounds 7 to 11 last year, over 70 minutes, he averaged 53.6 with 47.2 tackles. So I'm in. Sign me up. Excellent. Okay, Nick's, Nick's off to the uh, uh, off to the Starling front of Ukraine. Excellent. Mate, Tom, Tom Starting is what I'm going to call him from now on. <laughs> That's awful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Mitch, any, any other thoughts? Uh, Hudson Young? Yep, so that's the other one I've got. No major change in his base stats. I know that he had a big drop in points, but the main reason for the drop in production was the sin binning and the absence of any Raiders attack. I mean, a team that can barely score on that Cowboys team. Ooh, uh, that was that was a tough watch. Emma and I sat down for that, and I'm pretty sure I got eye cancer out of it. It was a real grind. Um, if you currently have him, I think he remains a hold pending this week to see what happens with Schneider. Um, if you don't, I would not roll the dice now as a POD. He's too risky and there's just too much concern over this, this Raiders attack. I know that he generally has good base stats, but to make him a real point of difference, um, we need him getting those attacking stats he did week one and I can't see it week to week anymore. Fair enough. Uh, look, I will say though that Hudson Young does look like he's the only guy who's locked down 80 minutes in this front pack. 
So look, if you if you think that the milk, you know, will we'll get back to uh, full steam, so to, to extend a coffee analogy there, uh, he could be worth a look. Uh, so okay. that that simping was for a grab, wasn't it, through the line? Oh, uh, professional foul, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So he copped a penalty and a simbin, so he lost, I think, seven points, points from that. Nine, Nine points. points. Is it full for a penalty? Two for a penalty, uh, five for a simbinning. Okay, he got seven. So he lost seven points and he was off the field for 10 minutes. So, you know, that, that might be a 10 and, to and 15 they point swing. Atrociously, they, he only ran for 59 metres, a couple of missed Yeah, points. so it, it's definitely not all, all doom and gloom. I'm definitely going to no. try and fit him in somehow, but uh, I, I, I'd, I just, I'd hold him. Okay. I, I definitely think he's a hold if you've got him, but if you don't and you're looking at anything and maybe, maybe he's a bit of value as the money as the points come down I still think he's a pretty risky proposition fair enough mm. uh, Nick your thoughts on Brad Schneider I'll oh, bring him in break even at three I think uh, what have I got 30% of people have him for the other 70% as Stu said pause the podcast and whack him in yeah that's it it's just he's the starting half and unlike a couple of other guys who you know like Elias and Co this mate he looks like he knows how to run a team so more Sean O'Sullivan than Lachlan Elias. Would you guys agree? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, did not look lost out there. Um, looks like, looks future NRL capable, right? And was kicking goals. So uh, for that, which it's is not going to be much good if they can't score points. No, nah, 100%. <laughs> but look, the Titans aren't exactly stopping a lot of points. No, they're not. Nah, if, not go, and that's kind, of, that's kind of why I said hold Hudson Young if they can get some something going this week then then it's okay but if not i'd start to become concerned yeah look for me look tom starling is i really want him this week if i cannot find a better cash cow tom starling i reckon will be a keeper this year or maybe you can if you've got harry grant he'll certainly make enough money that you can sell into a keeper i reckon uh jordan rapana i would wait for him to shed some money uh unless he's playing fullback do not bring jordan rapana in from our pre-season podcasts uh Nick Kotrick does Nick Kotrick things. I, I think it'd be worth around what it currently is. The big one for me was as well, just having with this side, look, Jack Whiten, he's looking decent, but I want to see how he goes with Brad Schneider again this week before, you know, we start calling out any points for him. Uh, oh, and Chance Nickel Clockstad. Uh, six points, guys. Six. So for a guy who we thought was basically all base stats... Like what, what? What would you say to the you know, the people of uh, this podcast who we've let down by typing him up? I didn't hype um, him up. Uh, I think I might have. I oh, know Stu was the main one, but um, yes, yeah, Stu hyped you up. Put it on what you were wrong about, mate. <laughs> That's egregious. You just totally ignored it and tried to put it on the podcast. That's a friggin' fine. <laughs> I mean, it looks like the whole Raiders team went pretty crap last week, right? Yeah, no, 100%. It's, and that, that's yep, where that. I'm going with this one is that, yeah, he he's, was doing half the run meters. He uh, got two missed tackles and an error, right? And uh, conceded a penalty. So it was just, I think it was a bad week to be a Raider. So his break even is still 26 this week. Do not hit the... Uh, emergency jack button on chance unless you feel like it's it's all going to go badly for him or unless you desperately need the cash somewhere um, I'd, I'd put a hold on him uh, so moving on uh, Nick Titans team what are we looking at 
At fullback, we've got Jaden Campbell on the wings, Philip Sammy and Greg Mazu, the absolute beast. In the centres, we've got Brian Kelly and Patrick Herbert. In the halves, we've got uh, AJ Brimson and Toby Saxton, who kicked 788 total metres this year. So he's number four, Stu, just from before. Thank you. At props, we've got Milwaukee Fotoeka and Isaac Liu. In hooker, we've got Aaron Clark. On the edges, we've got Dave Fafita and Bo Firmall, the stud. Tino Fasuamali locks the scrum. On the bench, we've got Will Smith as a utility. Sam Lasano, Jam- Jamin Jolliffe, and Kevin Proctor. Um, I th- don't think it's changed this week, has it, Stu? I... They look 1-17 to 17 to me. Yeah, pretty much 1-17 to 17 from what I can understand, yeah. So, uh, okay. So, Nick, take us through. What are your thoughts on the Titans? Um, uh, what have I got? AJ Brimson. Uh, he set up a try with his first touch, I think. So, you know, um, we had huge doubts on him. Um, I don't think he'd ever play 5-8 in the NRL. I know we'd sort of played a bit off the bench for Origin and looked good. Scored a 41. He's got a break here in a 39. So um, I'm, I doubt anyone started with him because he missed the first cup, uh, first round. But, um, you know, I wasn't disappointed from what I saw. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. Uh, Mitch, what have you got from the Titans? Uh, just the one. Uh, I'm going to talk about Bo Fermo. I feel like I should just, you know, eat crow and get this over and done with. If there was ever an instance of don't panic trade week one, this would be it. Uh, with this in mind, the main increase in stats was solely due to the try scored and a number of tackle busts. He had five. Um, and obviously the increased meters gain that went with um, both the tackle busts and the try scored. Tackling was actually down on the previous week. He was down from 30 to 27. And he is unlikely to continue to crack out these sorts of attacking weeks unless the Titans continue to win, which I feel is unlikely. And you've got to remember, David Fafita's on the other end. So uh, which edge are you going to? David Fafita, the human wrecking ball, or uh, Bo Firm also. Yeah. While I, I, I have lost a little bit in the short term, I think long-term Eli Katoa continues to be the right choice. And Bo Firm, or, um, this was kind of a, the Mount Everest of his attacking stats. Yeah, it's an outlier. I gotcha. Um, look, and I would say with both of them, the only other side is that he is playing outside of AJ Brimson, and that's how he got those attacking stats. So that's one to be worried about is that if AJ does crack the line a lot, then obviously it's best to be the man right next to him, which it looked to be like Bo Fermor. <laughs> so I guess we'll, we'll see on that one, whether AJ, whether it was just a one-off game or whether he's he's just going to start cracking lines. Um it was against the Warriors. That's always a concern. Look, Jermaine. In the, in the, sorry, in, in the preseason, we had uh, David Fafita playing off uh, AJ, and we thought that would be his um, where his points may come from. But, yeah, they, they swapped sides, so it's Bo Fermel um, smashing up on the left. So, yeah, he's a huge benefactor of that, I think. That's it. And, look, I think Toby Sexton and David Fafita will come good. They need that to come good. Like, Toby Sexton is their half. He is their long-term half. They sold Fogarty. They have no one else. And for feeder, they're spending $1.25 million a year on. So they have to make him work. So uh, you, I reckon probably about a third of um, the coach's training time will probably be like, mate, pass it to him. No, not while he's standing flat-footed. While he's on the move. <laughs> Early ball. Good work. And David Feeder's not cra- cranking out terrible scores. He's averaging 47.5 and, and he's got a break even of 60. So... Um, for 21% of people who own him, they'll be disappointed, obviously. He's not cranking out 70s and things like that, but 
He's probably not too far away from one of those types of uh, games where he scores a, a couple of meat pies. Yeah, he's literally one run away from the difference, isn't it? Like, <laughs> he is. For him. You know, kick one guy. It's like, yeah. yeah. Um, Six tackle breaks, a line break, and a try. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Look, Greg Mazu is a guy who you'd want if he was 220K again, like we wanted for him last year. But instead, he played just enough games to be worth too much money. Uh, you know, if you got him for draft, great keep him uh Jermaine Sarko has joined the team uh from the Broncos and I'm guessing if he's probably there as a backup fullback because I don't see too many backup fullbacks in this team because AJ Brimson there are no halves outside of Will Smith in this team so and certainly backup fullback I reckon and goal kicker uh so he'll he'll be laughing he'll probably get paid most of the years to play Reggie's and work out it's a pretty good life right yeah, he doesn't have to move probably if he's already living in Brisbane, right? 100% was well, going to the Dolphins. So, yeah, he's probably staying exactly where he is. I think that's the reason why he didn't go to Parramatta, to be honest, is apparently he want to stay with his family. Makes sense. Yeah, good man. Uh, okay, uh, looking at this team, uh, the last one, Sam Lasone, if you're still on him because you bought him as a dirt cheapie, there's no more points to this guy. Like, he's just he's scoring sub-20s in only 20 minutes each week because their pack is playing a big minutes. Aaron Clark, Nick, Aaron Clark, what what, what are you telling the fans at home to do? Um, I had him round one and I ejected. Um, I'm not too disappointed with that because he's got a 45 round one and only 31 in round two, but his minutes are still good. So he's averaging 58 minutes, which was what I was sort of hoping for. Um, He just didn't get through the same amount of work last week, which is why his score was down. So um, no tackle bust or anything like that. So I would hold, I think. Um, He's just going to be a slow burn. But um, now that there's Tom Starling on the scene, guys, I think he's a pretty easy swing. Um, You just got to fund, I think. Yeah, if that. Is it anything less? Uh, Nine grand. Oh, yeah. Sorry, nine grand. There you go. $9,000. So... Easy swing to go from, you know, a th- you know, I'd say at the high 30s type, maybe early 40s hooker to probably a 50s sort of hooker. Excellent. Okay, so look, I think that's that's it. Oh, last one, Toby Sexton for me. Uh, I think he started to show what he's worth last week. So he scored a 61. So uh, that's, you know, keep a territory stat. So 45 week one, which was okay. Look, you, you know, you weren't thrilled, but he just kind of kept his money. 61 last week. Uh, almost no attacking stats. Two goals. That's it. 26 tackles. Two tackle breaks. Cancelled out by three missed tackles. One offload. One error. Uh, A cleary light score, isn't it? Yeah, one turnover tackle. 111 metres gained uh, by running. 407 metres kicked. So, uh, plus... Yeah, it just looks like he just scored plenty of points just off base stats. So, assuming this guy works out how to find the line, you know, he will be clear of light. I don't know. What do you guys think on uh, Toby Sexton? Mitch? He's sort of Jake Clifford-esque, maybe with a slightly higher ceiling. Hmm. Yeah, I'd actually go Jake Clifford personally. There you go. For a cheaper price. Interesting. Fair enough. Uh, the yeah, for me, I'd say one of those ones is just Toby Sexton is uh, more likely to drink that milkshake than Jake Clifford is. Like all of it, because uh, AJ, I don't think he kicked the ball last week except for one time when he dropped it. 
<laughs> yeah. He kicks it away a bit angrily. That's the only time I saw him put, put <laughs> foot on the ball. Um, moving on, who we got winning this game? Uh, so I've got the Raiders up winning this one by four. Nick? Titans by four. Yep. Nick, Mitch? I think the milk's a little bit out of date. I got Titans by 12. Sweet. Okay, well, let's crack through the next one. Look, naughty corner this week, guys. We're at the end of the Saturday games. I'll go through this one real quick. The big one is Jackson Hastings has... He tried to downgrade his charge from a... uh, He pleaded guilty to it, but he tried to downgrade it from a level two to level one dangerous throw. He failed tonight. So he's out for three weeks. So the Tigers... Um, George Burgess for the Dragons as well. Uh, has been charged by police over a touching matter, uh, inappropriate touching matter. So uh, that'll be before the courts. From what I understand, he has been charged. Avoid, sell, 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 and I guess just avoid in general. Um, yeah, dragons, police, interesting. Um, <laughs> outside of the rest, there's really only one other fine. Teague Wilton misses a week. Uh, grade 2 dangerous contact on Mitch Moses legs in the air they want to stamp this out he got a grade 2 dangerous contact so he was always he's pleaded guilty he'll get a week uh, the other ish like there's a whole bunch of fines out this week for different people we don't really care about those um, the other is just one the West Tigers they're privately claiming they have no issue with Dane Laurie and James Roberts playing poker machines the night before they were beaten by Newcastle on Sunday <laughs> They were at, at the Newcastle Leagues Club playing the pokies late into the night. Now, the best part about this is that I'm not sure. I thought James Roberts would have been voluntarily banned from every single pokey venue in this. Oh, boy. Man, he he just cannot take a trick. And Dane Laurie, mate, I'm starting to see why the Panthers let him go because it, it, it's not a skill issue. But just, geez, guys, it's not a good look once you get toweled up. Yeah, you got to do afterwards, right? <laughs> That's it. You got like three days off to like go around and slap the pokies, don't you? 100%. Uh, I think they only get the one day off, but yeah. Yeah. No, I just I just mean like afterwards where they don't have to respond to anyone. You get what I'm saying? Like they're... Yeah. It's not before the game. Like, mate... Tigers players doing Tigers things. I said earlier in the podcast. Yeah, that's it. So, and the fact is that if they're privately claiming they don't have an issue with it, it means they've got a huge friggin' issue with it. You don't go to the police <laughs> saying, <laughs> it's like being like me going out into the media and talking about, I don't have an issue with my pants size or something like that. It's like, who asked? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Bronc, we're up to the Sunday games. Broncos versus Cowboys at Suncorp. So Cowboys beat the Raiders quite convincingly last week, 26-6. We did not pick that. Broncos beat the Bulldogs, 16-10. We did pick that one. So, uh, Mitch, Broncos teamless, what are we looking at? Uh, so we've got Tessie New again in fullback. Uh, not the best outing against the Dogs last week, I thought. In the wing, we've got uh, Corey Oates and Selwyn Cobbo. In the centres, we've got Tony Staggs and Herbie Farmworth. In the halves, it's Albert Kelly and Adam Reynolds. Keenan, Palicia and Payne Haas are your props. At hooker, we've got Jake Turpin. Second row is Kurt Capel, Jordan Rickey and Pat Carrigan at lock. 
On the bench, we've got Ryan James, Kobe Hetherington, TC Rabati, and Billy Walters makes up the 17. Yeah, and only other news there, we've got Corey Pay hanging around at 22. It looks like he missed his shot, unfortunately, at least for the next little while. Um, so, guys, thoughts about this Broncos team? Nick, kick us off. Any thoughts? Um, not really. Uh, if if I'm honest, I mean, they could Tony Staggs could have put up a bigger score if he held onto the ball a couple of times. Um, Adam Reynolds clearly made a difference, but um, yeah, no, not not really too much support from me. Sorry, mate. Uh, no problems at all. Do you own any Broncos? Oh, Payne Haas, but who doesn't? Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of Payne Haas, Mitch, Payne Haas. What do you think? Haas, so he did get a drop in minutes this week to 60, which was the main reason for dropping in production and my loss to Claudio in our sort of private family league. That um, Haven't got a W there. That one stings. Um, <laughs> no major concern from mind as it is impossible to keep up the pace that uh, he came out in that previous league. And I'm pretty sure we made allusions to that being the case. Um he did have a good outing with his base stats in that time. Outside of the four tackle bus, it was all base stats. And he continues to be one of the better, more reliable captain options. I think throughout the season, we're going to basically see his minutes range from somewhere between 60 and 75. And it depends on the type of game. I don't know if you guys watched it, but that was an absolute slugfest versus the Dogs. Like, with two minutes to go, the Dogs were looking for points. And just the, the Broncos had nothing to defend them, but the Dogs didn't have anything to attack them with. It was... No one had any any fuel left on, on either side. And I think Haas's production will depend on what he's done the week before and probably the style of game he's playing week to week. No, mm. 100%. Now, my thoughts were from this one for Payne Haas. Now, the Broncos packs look a bit more coordinated this year, right? Like a bit more well put together. There's uh, Palacios coming in as well as uh, you've got Kobe Hetherington, who's come through as a mainline starter. Paddy Carrigan is back. And Flegler... Is back week five. Now, will we see less minutes from Payne Haas, do you reckon, once considering all these different factors, guys? Because I know we're all owners here. What, what are our thoughts on Payne Haas's medium-term future? I've pretty well said what I thought, so Nick, um, it's on to you, mate. Mate, he, he cranked out 70 in the first game, which I think is a bit above. So we're sort of, uh, as owners, sort of thinking 60-65. It's uh, just over a point per minute. So, you know, we're sort of hoping for mid-60s, uh, high 60s sort of scores. I don't... When you actually watch it, he... The Broncos don't do well when he's off the park. Like, it, it must be so hard as a coach to see him on the bench. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know how they'll be able to resist having him on the bench just based upon that sort of like the young Jason Tamalolo was uh, a few years ago. Easy. Look, that that's more comforting for me. I was just just working through, you know, their rotation and whatever else. So uh, it's going to get a big ugly over the next little while, just due to talent stack. So, uh, guys, anything else? Uh, Billy Walters, Mitch. Yeah. So I thought he passed the eye test on Sunday. I felt he really brought a spring to a flagging Broncos team in both attack and defence. I didn't really feel Kelly and Reynolds gelled all that well. Um, that's not to say that Walters is going to take the role anytime soon, but there certainly, I felt like there was that possibility. He did manage five tackle busts and a line break in that 25 minutes, which I don't think he'll be repeating week to week. That's uh, That said, in his short time on the field, he looked dynamic, and while he has the cash in him, he's worth holding for at least one more week, and hopefully um, Kevy Boots 
boots uh, Albert Kelly and we can uh, see a bit more of Walters in the starting squad. Or even my Jake team. Turpin for me. Like I, I, I would play Billy Walters at hooker, to be honest with you. Have he, he looked really good, didn't he? Oh, at least I thought he did. Yeah, oh, look, he looked excellent. He really, he's got a great double step. Comes on a bit later. Like, and I, I would seriously, if you had him at, um, uh, had him coming on starting as hooker and then he had someone like Pay or whatever else sitting in the background, because from what I understand, they are not looking to re-sign uh, Jake Turpin. He's, he's on the Dolphins hit list because uh, Brisbane don't want him. I think he uh, might be a bit of a victim of reverse uh, nepotism. Basically, I think Kevy's almost trying to overcompensate and not give him the minutes he deserved. But as I said, when he was on the field, you, you saw him at every instant and uh, really sort of added a bit of spark at a time where I thought the Broncos could get overrun by a Bulldogs team that was surging. Yep. And look, he's got a break even to minus four this week. It's a must hold. Like, even, like, you know, worst case scenario is that, like, well, not worst case scenario is that he plays for one minute and gets zero points. But, like, anything else, if he doesn't play, he's still worth holding on to on your bench. He'll make you money at some point. Uh, okay, looking at the rest of this this side, there's not too much there. So, one Cobo looked great, but he's just, it's not translating to fantasy scores, guys. Like, he looks like a great future player. Don't hop on the the pain train that he looks to be um he's just got a few too many uh negatives in his game uh look let's flip to the other side so the cowboys team uh hamaso Fido is at fullback we got kyle felt uh as winger for the cowboys along with murray tuolagi uh at center we have valentine holmes and peter hiku uh set for the halves we have tom Deaton, chad townsend Jordan McLean and Cohen Hess are the props. Reese Robson is the hooker. Tom Gilbert and Jeremiah Nanai are the edge forwards with Jason Tamalolo named at 13. Uh, we got Jake Granville on at 14 on the bench. Helam Lukey, 15. Ruben Cotter finally makes it back into the 17. And uh, Griffin uh, Nemi also makes it in as well. Uh, so guys, thoughts on this Cowboys team? Nick, any thoughts? As a Jason Tamalo holder, I I can't endure this pain anymore. Todd Payton, why are you doing this to us? Okay, so Tamalo hit a forty this week, and he averaged fifty-two minutes so far. You know, preseason was there was sort of talk of him going back to longer minutes, sort of Jason Tamalo. You know, over sixty. I'm not. I think I might have to sell out this week, guys. Am I making a bad decision? Uh what's this break even this week? Uh, Oh, give me a sec. You've only lost 6K on him so far, 57. So he's got a 57 break even. He could crack out 57. Well, if he gets a 45, you've lost 13K next week. So you've down 18 grand for the year. So I reckon you've got a chance at one more week to see whether he has reached format fitness. But this week, like, is the deciding week. It's the three-date rule. I don't know. I didn't like the first two. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just Todd Payton. I think it's the the, the girl's dad who, who I can't stand. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the, the, the only the only uh, only big one is uh, for him. There was that nasty injury uh, this week to Mitch Dunn, which means they will be lighter on. Right, Mitch Dunn is a big boy. He's been replaced by Ruben Cotter, who is a lot of things, but big is not one of them. So. Do you reckon Tamalolo will play more middle minutes due to 
due to this, like just due to the fact that you know you need you need some people punching out big minutes in the park now. I thought um, Tom Gilbert may be more the beneficiary of that. You know, get Halen Lukey onto the edge a bit sooner. Tom Gilbert more into the middle. I don't know. I really don't know how the Cowboys run this team. So I, think, I feel like it's just like whatever way the wind blows at Todd Payton. That's um, true. I've got, I've got no pulse in it, to be honest. Nah, fair enough. Look, to be fair, look, if people want to eject on Town Moolo, now's a good week. You're only down six grand, right? So six grand for a one trade is not a bad choice. And there are some other good options out there. Um, Yeah, so if nothing else, especially if you've got some coverage, like Tom Starling would be a pretty good buy. Any other suggestions? Isaiah Yo, quite possibly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not too sure. I'll probably have to mull over the next couple of days. Let's put it like that. Yeah, that's it. Or obviously, if you've got some guns, you could just always cash out Jason Tamalolo, save some money for when Cam McInnes and uh, Brand Smith drop in price. Mm. Uh, like cause, yeah, when these guys cop these injuries early in the game you know you, you can always money in the bank is is great f- means you're in a week earlier than everyone else mm. That, mm. yeah I, I'm actually thinking of the same of sort of cannibalizing Crichton into something like Starling and Mbai or Starling and someone else and just banking the cash and making some money and copying the hit temporarily in points because I, I, I look at Crichton with his 44 I think Starling will probably get at least low 40s next week so I haven't lost anything there and then uh, I just got to look at who I want to trade out like because Bullimore's got the start this week so it's an interesting one true I, I've gone personally for Starling Burton so uh, I I have Burton though that doesn't help yeah. me oh no of course but uh, you, you can go get Clifford mate you're saying go get him or Toby Sexton there you go uh, uh, fix up your halves anyway moving on uh, look the rest of this uh rest of this team Mitch any more Cowboys the hammer what are you thinking yeah I've just got the hammer slight downturn from last week disappointing 31 particularly given he had a try try. Um, main point of difference this week was the reduced turnovers he was able to get Uh, we're likely to keep sort of being up and down but in a team that stinks in fact worse than stinks it just flat out sucks um i find it hard to believe he's going to have consistently good attacking stats there is better stuff out there going um, off the 20 point win they stink <laughs> possibly the most comprehensive win of the weekend they slap the raiders and they're like and they suck they suck i don't care i like the, the the raiders are in shambles you just park that game and go let's ignore yeah. that and move on to to this week when the broncos slap them by 20 we what have you got on Nani? Uh look, uh do I have anything on Nani? I do. Look, I guess look, return to Earth, he had twenty eight demerits last week. He just young players will have these games in and guys just like um Tao Luggy had last week as well. Uh some games just don't go their way. They try a little bit too hard, they get a little bit tired, whatever else. He's he showed first round what he can do, especially in ground out games. He looks to have that 80 minute motor in him and Peyton seems to be happy for him to play 80, which indicates a huge amount of trust, right? For a 19, 18, 19 year old to play that sort of minutes in your team. So I would hold Jeremiah Nanai. If nothing else is break even, it's not bad weight. Um, looking at the rest of this team, I'm not seeing really much right there. Ruben Cotter will shed money. If at some point he somehow snags Hooker or 
uh, even somehow lock, then he's a buyer, but not before then. Uh, and obviously Val Holmes, you know, if something does happen to Hammer, Val Holmes is slowly shedding cash in the background down there. He's a 550 gram player, but you might be able to pick him up for 300, 400K when the time comes. Just have a think about it. Uh, who we got winning this one? Look, I've got the Broncos by six for this one. Mitch has the Broncos plus 20. Uh, Nick, what have you got? Broncos plus 20 as well. <laughs> Nick's okay. Look, I, I think it'll be a bit closer. But anyway, we'll find out to see what, what they've got in them. Um, Sandwich? On the size of the win. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Done. No issues. Yeah. Less, more than 20, less than 20. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Split the difference. <laughs> no, I'm not splitting the Are difference. Going... That, that, that's like plus eight. No, it's plus 14. In fact, it's plus 10. I'll give you plus 10. Uh, I'll, come back to, I'll come back to you on that one. Yeah, it's 13. Yeah, 13. <laughs> that's fair. Thir- 13 plus. 13 and a half, probably, yeah, it's probably not too bad. Uh, anyway, look, last game of the weekend, we have the Seagulls versus the Bulldogs. Obviously, the game of the round. Uh, so, at Four Pines Park at Brookvale, the Gross. Seagulls are slight favourites to win this one. Um, though, to be honest with you, over the first couple of weeks, the Bulldogs have performed better. Seagulls are bottom of the uh, bottom of the table. So, the Seagulls lost 26-12 versus the Roosters. The Bulldogs are... Uh, I essentially would say got snaked by the Broncos, 16 to 10. Mm. Um, so, yeah, because the Bulldogs did look meta in that game. So, Seagulls team list. At one, we have Tommy Turbo. On the wings, we have Ruben Garrick and Jason Saab. At centre, Brad Parker, Morgan Harper. Kieran Four and Daly Cherry Evans are at centre. Big change at eight. Sean Kepi makes the starting team while uh, partnering Marty Tapao. Lachlan Croker is at hooker. Uh, Hamoli Olokuatu is at uh, on the edge along with Ethan Bullimore who retains his spot on the edge Jake Trevojevich is at 13 while on the bench we have Dylan Walker Carl Lawton Andrew Davey and Tiniela Pazika who has shifted I guess in a straight swap with Sean Kepi Toafoa Sipley is sitting there at 18 uh, thoughts on the Seagull side? I'll start with you, Nick. Sean Cappy. Yeah, he's an absolute beast. Um, uh, I met him down at uh, Tarpau, Brookvale, shout out. Huge man, like absolutely huge. At 429K, he's averaging 39. Um, in a middle f- uh, four pack that was quite thin, but now it's starting to actually stiffen up with everyone coming back. Um, but he's a DPP and he's scoring 39 in only 46 minutes per game. So... You know, if he can get it up to 50 or so, he could actually make some... Uh, 50 minutes, that is. He could actually make some pretty nice cash, make you a nice 100K, I reckon. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, he's doing this in a pretty decent uh, manly side that has sort of underperformed these first couple of rounds, so he could actually see some attacking uh, stat upside. But I think his main ups, uh, his main feature is his tackling, guys. He just he just cuts people's in, people in half and... He forces a turnover by um, putting his shoulder into the ball or the or the uh, ball carrying arms. So, or the kid, yeah, huge fan of liver. People <laughs> 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 Yeah, he's a, he's an absolute weapon, big fan. 
Yeah, he got two turnover tackles last week. So, yeah, he put a couple of big shots in. Uh, look, 429K, um, I guess if you're looking to cash down someone, he he's a real he would be like pot of the week, I guess. Like, you'd, you'd be taking a real shot on him. But he's, look, he's won the starting job. There is no one else taking his job in that team. Like, really, who have we got coming back? We've got Ethan Bullimore will lose his spot when um, Schuster comes back, right? But Ethan Bullimore, I'm not sure, is a starting prop, guys. So, like, he, he might be, but I'm, I'm not sure. No, nah, no, he's too small. Yeah, he's, he's too small. Yeah, he's, he's very much on the small side, sort of more like a Cam Murray-sized person. So, mm. look, if Sean Kepi wins this spot, he's probably going to win it for a while. Absolutely. Yeah, and just got to keep his hands on the ball, get get rid of the errors, like that he showed in the preseason, uh, mm. all the missed tackles in this particular case. And mm. um, he'll, yeah, he'll be an absolute stud. Um, okay. Uh, other thoughts on this team, Mitch, Tommy Turbo. If you owned him, what would you do? That's a really good question. Uh, I thought I lost you there. <laughs> no, no, no. I was having a really good think, mate. Uh, I would hold. It's so far down the rabbit hole. I just well, no, actually, no. I'd sell because I think it's going to get worse. I really do. I think it's going to get worse. I think you lost at one hundred and nineteen and sell. That's what I would do. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't considered it because I don't have him. Thank, thank God. But I, I'm, I just think his average is going to be a lot lower than last year, and it's got a little bit more to go. I think he'll average at best in the mid sixties, but most likely the high fifties. So, and if you were going to hit the eject button, who would you eject to? In order, yeah, give, give me the top three guys. You could, would be thinking you. Mate, talk about putting me on the spot. Uh, okay, if there wasn't position-based, I'd probably go Isaiah Yo straight off the bat. Uh, I think Papa Lee is, not another, is another good one. And then probably Cameron Murray would be the other one. Easy. Uh, Nick, any thoughts? Um, yeah, Yo, Yo is definitely a priority. Um, Cam Munster, I think, uh, with the 11 missed tackles, I think he's going to be an absolute weapon. Or um, Harry Grant uh, for when he comes back for next week. Yeah, though obviously you'd have to spend the money this week because he's projected. If Tommy Turbo cracks out of 40 this week, he will lose $92,000. Surprised you didn't say Benny Hunt, Mitch. I know you already got him, but um, if you don't have him, uh, definitely worth bringing him in if you've got Tommy Turbo funds uh, uh, going around the circle. Yeah, I don't want to get too many people too excited about Benny Hunt because he's my POD that might allow me to climb up some of these ladders. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, for me, uh, I would say for Tommy Turbo, you've likely not spent a lot of money on your wing fullbacks. And so I would say that, um, look, Nico Hines would be the first one that I'd pick up. Um, look, you can, can pick up Tedesco as well. Uh, he seems to not be dropping too much coin. He's pretty much where his break-even is. Uh Outside of that, yeah, look, the guys talk through the other good options there or even a guy like Matty Burton, you know, who seems to have uh, come good. Uh, okay, so Tommy Turbo, looking through the rest of this team, most of it seems to be pretty standard. Ethan Bullimore, guys, who owns him? I own him. Nick? Yep. Mitch? I do. I don't yeah. know if I will, but at that break even, I think I have to own him one more week, but I'd really like to get him by in there, but it just doesn't make sense. What's his break even, Mitch? 20, I think. 25. Yeah. That's a tricky one because he didn't get the minutes last week. Was there any sort of reason 
that we know why he didn't get the minutes because that was the main reason for his drop in performance really he was yeah. down to uh, I think he had 25 minutes hang on let me just double check that he went off with an ankle maybe he did he, pick, he picked up like a, a bit of a small injury 32 minutes yeah 32 minutes versus the 80 uh, they had the week prior and remember there was a meat pie in there as well so you know realistically he's getting 40 points a game I just wonder if Mbai is more likely to get sort of in those mid 40s to high 50s and we've probably got two more weeks on Bullimore so you know I suppose it's do you believe Andrew McCulloch's going to slide back into that team I um, guess what what you could do is you could always if you're ch- chasing cash you'd hold on to Bullimore for 25 right you're more than likely crack that break even but uh, if you're if you're chasing points you can always aim for M by and just hope that he tackles his heart out because if he doesn't what about um, Andrew Davies sitting there aren't we worried about Bullimore for that reason Look, he will shed some minutes. I don't think he's not going to play the 80, I don't think, with Andrew Davey there, like he did round one. But, you know, I think he'll play a large number of minutes. I still think they're easing Davey into the game, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. So um, maybe it's time to eject a bullet more with just Davey just lurking there. I, I feel like it could be. I, I'm just really, really, really nervous. But I don't, I, I've made one snap decision this year and it's cost me 28 points. So I don't want to make another one and a trade. That's true. Okay, but yeah, you, maybe next week. Look, you, it, whether it's this week, next week, we always knew, right? Bullimore was a limited time deal, so, mm. uh, so I guess be prepared, save a trade for next week. Don't leave too many issues in your squad this week that you have got to then wear Bullimore and lose some points potentially if he gets does get benched or gets no minutes. Uh, look at this. Dylan Walker came back with a strong forty. I'm feeling strong about my predictions about him last year, so. Uh, the fact that he he had some coin in him, so yeah, very spicy. Yeah, look, he's he's priced around thirty and he's scoring around forty, so uh, he looks very good in the middle. He's he's really warming into that role. Uh, and obviously, if you own Talatau Cooler, guys, get rid of him. He's he's not making his way back unless Tommy Turbo's leg falls off. Um, okay, let's look at the Bulldogs team. So Nick, take us away. We get fullback, we've got Matt Dufty on the wings, Jaden Ockenbaugh and Josh Adakar. In the centres, Braden Burns and Brent Naden. In the halves, Matt Burton and Jake Avarillo. Forwards, we have Luke Thompson and Paul Vaughan at prop. In hooker, we have Jeremy Marshall King. On the edges, the suspension bros, Jack Hetherington and Tavita Panga Jr. At lock, we've got the ever-reliable Josh Jackson. Uh, the backup hooker on the bench, Bailey Biondo Ondo. Uh, we got Corey Weddell, Max King, the absolute king of fantasy so far, and Ava Sayumanafungai as a final bench spot. Um, covering the bench, we've got uh, Chris Patola, who's highly talked about. We've got, is it 600K a year, Carl Flanagan just chilling? 450K <laughs> this year, 600K next year. So his contract is the Bulldogs for next year too, guys. Oh, boy. And- we've also got Jay Stimson sitting in 21 as well. So he's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, here's, here's in how badly Kyle Flanagan's doing is that uh, Raiders are playing Brad Schneider rather than looking to try and pick up Kyle Flanagan. So that's where they're currently at. Uh, that's it. So, look, let's talk about... Uh, Nick, who have you got, mate? Uh, Bulldogs, Max King, what are you thinking? Absolutely. Um, you you got to bring him in, guys, if you haven't got him. Um, I think Stu, have you got him as a last week to get on? I've got him 
still running uh, for a long while. I know um, he's got a break even of minus 12, so I'd say he's still got another two or three weeks with the scores in him. Look, he possibly does, but what I'm trying to say is, Max, if you're trading him in, you've got to make 100K on him, right? Really, that's the goal, is to make 100K on every trade you make, yeah? So obviously, some you don't make, which means some you've got to make even more money off because you will make mistakes, right? Like me, I've made a couple already. So... Look, you've already made 100k on 107 on Max King. If you started with him, your chances of making another 100k off him in quick order, they it gets less and less, right? Will he still crack at 55 next week in 35 minutes? Like, what are our chances? He started two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's reasonably high. He's a tackling machine. Yeah, that's true. It's look, all base stats, man. I think he had 52 tackles that game. Yeah. Well, look, he's going to make 45 grand. Even if he gets a 30, right? He's going to make 45 grand. So that's what you're currently looking at here, right? And that's what I mean by last week to get on because if he just see averages next three weeks, he averages 30, which is pretty fair for a 35-minute guy, right? He will get up from 347 over the next three weeks to 424k. So you make your 80k right there, which is pretty close to what you need to make. If he averages 40, you're talking about up to 469, and you've definitely made your 120k. So he had uh, 25 tackles, two tackle breaks, three offloads, and two turnovers, and 87 meters gained. There you go. Yeah, look, he's busy. Very busy. Very busy. Yeah, and I, I think. think I- Sorry. Yeah, okay. I think forty mid forties is probably a more realistic expectation moving forward. Yeah, so look, forties takes him to four hundred and sixty K. That's what I'm trying to say here is that you know you're gonna to have to trade him out at some point, right? It's he's got Paul Vaughan in front of him, right? Along with Luke Thompson. And unless they say goodbye to these guys, right? Like at the end of the season, Max King isn't taking this spot. So really you're gonna to have to trade him, so you wanna make your money as quickly as you can. Uh the other one that I go through here is uh, having looked through the team. Tavita Pangai Jr. guys, first game back, fifty minutes, fifty-six points over three stints. Oof. What do you guys think? I am not going to bother. Um, I cannot take the suspension risk, and he's definitely one of those. Uh, personally, he's but carry over points, so that's always good. Uh, yeah, doesn't I mean, mean anything with him. Yep, I agree. <laughs> But, you know, for those who do want to, I, I think we were sort of hoping he'd play more minutes anyway um, than 50. But he was playing more middle, wasn't he, Stu? Yeah, look, Corey Waddell last week actually started on the edge and they moved uh, Pangai Jr. to a bit of edge, bit of middle in his stints, really, like as a major impact player. Look, it seemed to work pretty well for the team, didn't it? Yeah, I think that's his spot, to be honest, rather than on the edge. So I, I don't particularly want to see him on the edge. I want to see him more in the middle. I think it also helped Matt Burton's game because I think Corey Waddell is a bit of a stronger defender. So Oh, yeah. Uh, it um it helped him. Uh, and obviously, Corey Waddell, unfortunately, is 507K. He's well outpriced. Um, so- He's just more disciplined, um, Corey Waddell, compared to Tavita Pangai defensively, which just means it's just better scores for everyone, really. Um, you could be a bit sloppier in the middle true. Um, in terms of putting hits on people. That's true. Um, I'm just trying to think, Tavita, what uh, foot? So it'd be uh, Tavita Pangai versus, uh, if he does start on the edge, versus uh, Olaquadu. So that should be a big, 
Battle of the Beef. Yeah, Ola Kawadu put up a monster score last week, 64. He put in 10 tackle busts um, on his way to 64, so he's definitely one to have a look at, I guess. But, um, yeah, he's still got a break even at 51, so maybe not. But, you know, he sort of came through like we were sort of saying in the preseason. Yep. All good. Uh, yep. So, look, let's let's wrap this one up. So, I don't think there's too much here apart from, obviously, if you have uh, Matt Burton, you're doing great. Uh, and if you have Jake Avarillo, like, what are you doing? So, <laughs> anything else from this side, guys? Any any last thoughts on the Bulldogs? No, I think that's no, everything. Mate. Excellent. All right, guys. So, look, uh, winning. Who, who have we got to win this one, Mitch? See who goes by four. Nick? Seagulls by 10. And look, I've got the Seagulls plus 10 as well. So uh, I don't think they'll smash them like they were last year. Uh, okay, guys, that's the last of the games. So look, let's just go a real quick run through the break even. So now to the moon segment. So these are the guys who, if you got them or if you're going to bring them in, they'll probably make you plenty of cash. So look, the king of uh, the king of the moon, apparently at the moment, is Max King, a break even of minus 12. Now, what that means is that if he's like, uh, he can score zero points next week and that's fine. He'll still count us like 12 points above where he needs to score to keep his money. So it's ridiculous. Uh, he should make you a ton of money next week. Bring bring him in. Uh, we've got Matt Croker uh, with a break even of one. Uh, Billy Walters, a break even of two, along with Leo Thompson. Isaac Targo, still after another great week, a break even of three. Brad Schneider as well. Then going up to Chris Randall and Josh King with break evens of nine each. So any of these guys, bring them in. They will make you money. I'll put something up about this as well on the socials. Uh, okay, so uh, look, we got uh, pods of the week, guys. Uh, Mitch, who... You've obviously got what you've been talking him up all night, Ben Hunt. Benny Hunt, uh, I think he's got more points in him. I think he'll consistently get between sixty and eighty points a week. If you're looking for a good POT, he's the man. POT. POD, sorry. Cool, <laughs> good. Look, uh, Nick, any choice for you? Uh, Dylan Brown. He he punched out fifty nine. And with like no kick meters, and I don't know how he scores, but he's only at two point two percent ownership. So if you want to have a bit of a flyer, Dylan Brown. Yep, and I have uh, look, uh, Isaiah Yo is probably a good call on this one. He's at seven point two percent, so he's not quite a pod, but he's still he's pretty much there. So uh, get on him again in one of those last week type of guys because uh, like his price point will just be too rough at that point. Um, Look, I captain my captain this week, guys. Uh, Nick, surprise me. Who have you got? Payne Haas, lock it in. Excellent. Mitch? Payne Haas. Yep, and I was actually going to be different this week. I was going to ha- go Harry Grant, and uh, then he got COVID. So for me, it's Payne Haas. So uh, unless inspiration strikes me, all three of us are Payne Haas. Uh, and I'm just waiting for Nathan Cleary to come back so I can actually choose a captain. Please come just, back. <laughs> just, just put the captain's here and him and just cry in the corner for a little while so I don't have to think about it. Uh, look, guys, any final wrap-up thoughts for you guys? Not for uh, me, mate. No, I think I've covered everything I want to say. Plenty of uh, interesting 
potential cash cows this week. Some people are going to get burned. Other people are going to take off. It'll be it's a big week. Uh, you got to make some good choices here. So I'll be thinking about this most of tomorrow. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I'll be like supposed to be working, and then you know, be like, oh yeah. So Tom Starling, the guys at work will look at me like, what? I'm like, oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so moving on. Uh, look, my big one would be look. If you're going to buy people this week, do not buy keeper mids because there are some good guys like Cam McInnes and Brendan Smith will be very cheap very shortly. So if you're going to buy keepers, make sure they're elsewhere in your roster. Um, okay. Well, look, guys, that's a wrap up from us for week three. Thank you so much for everyone at home who's listening. Uh, and uh, thank you for your support, for liking the page, for sending us your comments or your questions. We uh, we all really appreciate it. Thank you to uh, our primary sponsor, me, uh, for my tireless dedication, and thank you to you guys uh, as well for uh, for your great steps and uh, uh, professional expertise. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Nick. No worries, Thanks, mate. And uh, on that note, guys, uh, yeah, it's what eleven thirty, so we better wrap up. Definitely. Definitely. Big day at work today. Need to wrap up. (laughs) Anyway, okay. Catch you guys. Bye.